Hi, Saren. Hello, Vicky. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. For a Friday, it's a Friday. For a Friday, it is Friday. What's, yes, it is. What's not to like? It's Friday. I know it comes around every week. It, it, apparently so. Although since <laughs> I've retired, it, they all tend to blend into one. I have to say. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, during lockdown, I think every day for me is kind of feels like the same day. It's like I can't. I'm, I'm beginning to forget what day it is. You know, is it is it a working day or is it the weekend? They all feel the same. You know. It is a bit like that. It's a bit like crossing the international date line if you go the wrong way and you actually relive the previous day, but it's not necessarily the same oh, day. Groundhog Day for, for over yeah, a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Groundhog Day. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but well, the time's what, gone quick. It has. It has. Yeah. Just wondering how much more we've got. Oh, I, I, I have, would, you had your, have you had your vaccine yet? Um, no, no, no. I've had a, I had a letter today to sort Did of... You? to say what tier I'm going to be in, but no right. indication of um, of when I'm going to have it. So yeah. I'm not holding my breath. No, I mean, we don't really know, do we? They say mid-February, March? Mm. Yeah, mid-February, March, but, you know, I'm sort of about sixth on the list. Yeah, about I think eight. we're probably in the same category because I think we're, I was born in 65, so I think we're pretty close. Where we are, yes. I'm, 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 I, even though, you know, it, I'm two years older than you. That's all. Yeah, so I'd say fifties. Say it was a was it, exactly it was a see it was a fine vintage the early sixties. It was indeed. No complaints. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. This is the seventh one I've done so far. Wow, having having lots of fun. Um, so you you live in Wales, don't you, in uh, Aberystwyth? Yes, yes, absolutely. Right, right on the West Wales coast, right in the middle. So that's the Middle West Coast. I mean, the, I think the closest place I've been to in Wales would have, would be Crickieth or Port Maddock. Oh, oh yes, that's 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 uh, kind of north of you, isn't it? Oh, much much further north, up up, up the coast. Um, Beautiful not coastline, so, though. Oh, a lovely coastline, but it really is. the trouble. Oh, yeah, it's lovely coastline, but uh, transport links are, are somewhat difficult. Yeah it's uh with, with the roads to get for me to get to cricket from here if you look on the map it's not far but you can sort of rely on it being two hours so you have to kind of go inland a bit to go north. yes you, you have to you have to go inland and the, the roads in some particular parts of it are a little twisty and a little windy even though they are a roads and so it's just part and parcel of living here you know i mean it's um cranky yeah. Put this way, remote in it, places, isn't it? It's it's an hour and a half to the nearest motorway. Yeah, I remember when we went from Manchester to Cricket Drive. I think it was a couple of years ago now when we we went for a camping holiday there. And the drive there, it must have taken a good four hours, four maybe five hours. Oh, abs absolutely. And it's not I, that I, far really on the map. It's uh, no, it, it, it's not. I mean, when you live here, you get used to that sort of two hours. Yeah. to um you know to, to to get to get anywhere really you, you don't think about it and the roads certainly kind of get crammed with caravanners don't they they kind of yes yes and you know i mean as part of my job i did an awful lot of driving all over the country oh, and, yeah, and, you get, and you get to the point actually with it that you get within sort of an hour and a half's traveling from home and i considered myself to be home then yeah because you, you, the, the, on these roads, um, if you get stuck, you're stuck, and there's nothing you can do yeah, about no, it. There's no, I mean, there's no alternative road, is there? Well, there might be, but it's no. going to be miles away. Well, there are there are several ways in and out, 
but they're all as bad as each other. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you 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 try them for variation, but they don't really. Um, there's no great improvement. There's not much choice. But I mean, I've not been to Wales a lot. I mean, I spent a lot of time out of the UK. So I mean, when that recent trip to Cricket, I mean, the coastline was amazing. There's, a, I think, there's a castle there, if I remember correctly. There is a Cricket, yeah, Cricket yeah. Castle. Absolutely. It's kind of a really kind of ancient-looking structure on top of a little mound. Yes. But the, but the yes. coastline and the view from up there is absolutely amazing. The beaches are empty. There's nobody around. It's it's quite amazing. Oh no, no, that's that 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 is true. That is true. Uh, I mean, here, I mean, here, we 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 too have a castle. Although it's, I didn't know it was a castle. yes, 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 we do have a castle. It's on a, a promontory that uh, sticks out into the sea, but it was it was virtually destroyed um, during the sort of the the, the uprising by Owen Glendower, and then the civil war finished it off. So there are remnants of it. You know, there are bits, there are structures, but it's not as complete as, say, Cricketh Castle or any of those sort of famous North Wales castles like Conwy and Carnarvon and Harley. Yeah, Carnarvon Castle, I've been there few times you know yeah. but it's yeah. but it's certainly a cer certainly a castle and um it's quite it's quite nice actually and and the, and the uh, we have the druids meet there yeah so have you yeah, have you always lived in wales no 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 actually i'm i'm actually from um st helens originally oh really right so it's, yeah. it's your wife helen that's the welsh lady uh no she's from berkshire oh so neither of you are welsh Neither of us, neither of us are Welsh, although you see with a surname like Edwards. Edwards, I mean, that's a big clue. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, my my dad told, can remember, that he told me once that when it was his, his great-grandfather's birthday party, he'd reached a significant age in, 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 the, in the sort of the late 30s and they had a big family party and there were some members of the family who came uh, who were actually still monoglotwell speakers right but the family's originally from south wales and followed the coal mining up through the midlands to the northwest so you have some kind of links oh yes 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 ind indeed indeed but uh, you know you're in wales when you're sat when you're sat there with your friends and you sat there as an Edwards with another Edwards and there's two Joneses and three Evanses. <laughs> yes, I mean, you couldn't get more of an English name than Edwards, could you? It's, uh... You know, you know, you know. In fact, actually, my, one of my friends is actually called Gareth Edwards, but he's not oh, really? that Gareth Edwards. <laughs> not the Gareth Edwards. Not the Gareth Edwards. A Gareth Edwards. No. Yeah. So you've be, you been married to Helen for 30 years, is that correct? It's 30 years, yes. It'll be 31 years this September, actually. And See, you we have, met, sorry, we have one on. son. We have one son who's uh, 26. And he's, uh, he's currently in, uh, in Bristol. Right. Just down, uh, due to lock, just down the road. But due to lockdown and stuff, we haven't seen him since August. Yeah, so you've kind of been stuck, in, stuck at home, like everybody. Yes, yeah, so we've been stuck at home. Uh, he's he's been he's been stuck there, um, and you know it, Bristol is the sort of has a sort of a, an attraction for um, sort of children from this part of the world as it's the sort of it's a slightly bigger city than Cardiff, and is seen as a bit more cosmopolitan, shall we say? I've been to Bristol once. I went I went down for the Bristol Trans Pride a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, with Jess and Nooms actually. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, it's nice. It's a nice city. It's not. It's it not like a big. It's not a big city, but it's really kind of nice. I, I did like. Oh, it, it isn't. It certainly, certainly is. It certainly is a nice city, but um, no. So um, as I say, we're sort of incomers. Although now, you know, after I mean, we've been here. It'll be. We've as I say, we've been married. It'll be. We'll have been married thirty-one years this September, and we have been in Aberystwyth thirty years this coming July. Wow. Okay. And so we have our naturalization papers and everything, <laughs> you know. As, you speak as, Welsh. Uh, have you learned the language? Uh, I guess that means yes. It means a little bit, and I went to night school. Well, I went to night I school mean, to it, learn it. I've always kind of imagined Welsh being really difficult to learn. The trouble is with it, it's it's. It's, it, it, it isn't that hard. It has some strange rules, but all languages have strange rules. Well, they do, yeah. It just sounds but, like a difficult, you know, some of the words sound I, very difficult to pronounce. Not when you get your tongue around them. I, yeah, where a lot of people sort of make a mistake, shall we say, without wishing to sound patronising to anybody, is that you have to understand the alphabet. So if you apply the English alphabet to Welsh words, it doesn't work. And that's where people, that's where people sort of make a mistake, you know. So, for example, uh, the, one of the easiest ones to quote is that the letter F in Welsh actually sounds like a V. Right. So, but if you want to, but, but if you, so if you want to pronounce the letter F in Welsh, if it's written with, in, in Welsh, and you want to pronounce F, it's actually double F. So an example would be film. So film in English is F-I-L-M. If you read film, the English word film in Welsh, it would be film. So the Welsh word for film is film, but it's double F-I-L-M. Right. And then U's sound like I's and W's sound like U. And then to make it even more interesting, depending on the gender of the word and what it's preceded with, letters either change or disappear. Well, I'm already, I'm already confused. <laughs> but it, it, it sort of makes sense because it makes it slightly easier to pronounce. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm the, sure the, if you know the basics, like the rules, you could probably, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, you know, and of course there's the, the, the classic double L sound, you know, that's... Uh, so that really long station word, can you say that? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Everybody asks yes, that question. Yes, yes I can. Clanfer PG. That's as far as you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it, it, it's a very very long one, and it takes it takes it takes a lot of practice. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, yeah, which I've never I've never would never attempt it. Clanfer Puth Gwynt Blad Blad Clanticilio Go Go Go. Yeah, that's the one. Yes, that's that. That's the one. It is. Uh, it, it is. It, you know, it, it's all about the white tree by the pool of and, and everything like that. But you it's, see, it's, um, it's like a sentence, really. Is, is it is it? like a sentence. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're all they all have meaning. So, you know, Aberystwyth is Aberystwyth. In many, in many Welsh, um, many place names have an English name and a Welsh name. But yeah. Aberystwyth yeah. is Aberystwyth. And basically in Welsh, Aber, A-B-E-R, actually means the mouth of a river. Right. So... So Aberystwyth is the mouth of the river Ustwith. Okay, see, it makes sense. 
It makes sense. But oh, but to confuse matters, there's two rivers that come in come into the sea at Aberystwyth, and the other one is the Rydal. But that doesn't make. But yeah, but so it's Aberystwyth, which means the mouth the mouth of the Rydal. Uh, but then again, you see, if you were to think of Swansea, Swansea in English is Swansea, but it's but its its Welsh name is is Abertawy. See, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot like that. Some are very, very obvious, such as uh, Newtown in Powys. So the English name is Newtown. The Welsh name is Drenewith, which is Newtown. Wow. See but, all these uh, things I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, well, the thing is, you, you, get, you get immersed in it. Here. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And you get to the point, I mean, you know, I can, I can understand a lot more than I can actually speak because you, you do become immersed in it. It's, it, it's present here, uh, but in, in a slightly different way than it is to, to North Wales. Yeah. My, my, my wife, Helen has a friend here, a lady called Pat, she's in her mid eighties. She's born and bred here and she can't speak a word of Welsh. Wow, that's interesting. I would, I would have thought that most Welsh people would know the basics. No, no, it, it's a bit like that, you know. In fact, I—it's really quite strange. I know, I know well. I know Welsh speakers in Aberystwyth who speak to each other in English because they've never been introduced in Welsh. Right. I mean, it's a shame that the language is kind of dying like that. I mean, it's. Oh you know, no, no, no! It's definitely not dying. It's it's on the resurgence. Well, yeah, I would, I would, I would it's, like it's, to think it's it's yes, going to be it, it, forever. Oh, it is. It, it's 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 on the it, it, it's it's on the resurgence. Um, certainly, you know, all all school children, you have to study Welsh up until you're 16. So, is it it's part of the curriculum? Part of the curriculum, English and Welsh. Mm -hmm. English and Welsh, yeah. and then you know you have as well choice of you have the choice of which. Which school do you, do you send your child to? Do you send them to the Welsh-speaking school? Or do you send them to, I wouldn't call it the English-speaking school, I would call it the dual-language school. So you can have schools in either English or Welsh? Yes. Complete yes. immersion? Yes. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's very much, you very much have that, uh, you very much have that choice. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it should be. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, but it's really, you know, it's it's absolutely fine. You know, one thing that doesn't happen in this part of the world is the is the classic one. What people report where they walk into somewhere where the people are all speaking English and they swap to Welsh. No, that that doesn't sound real. No, I mean, I mean people I've do never report experienced it. that. No, it certainly doesn't happen here. And in fact, actually, when this subject has been mentioned everybody considers it to be at the very, very height of bad manners to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not a nice thing to do, is it? Switch the language when somebody walks in. It's I mean, I can, I can understand there's, there may be some resentment because everything is so English sometimes, but yeah, mm. we, we shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. It's not, it's not no, good. Absolutely not. So, I mean, we, we, we shouldn't forget that there's also uh, Ruby the cat. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ruby Agatha. Ruby Agatha. So oh, tell, yes, tell yes. Tell me about Ruby. Ah, oh, well, Ruby's our, she will be the one, two, three. She'll be the, she'll be the, the, uh, the, 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 the fifth feline of the Edwards household fifth? that we've had. Wow. 
yes, yes. So uh, Ruby, we've had her now. We've had her coming up for it'll be seven years this seven years this year. We got her in twenty thirteen. I think I've seen uh, some pictures on Twitter. I'm not sure. Oh yes, yes. Well, yeah. yes. She's uh, Ru- Ru- Ruby Agatha, the flexible feline. She can contort <laughs> herself into the most strange positions. Yes, I think she is. She white and black. Is that the? She's uh, white. She she's white and black. Yes, yeah, she's white and black. Mainly, you know, it's one. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those questions. Is she? A, is she a white cat with black bits or a black cat with white bits? But <laughs> yes, actually, she's, answer, yeah. she's, a, she's a white cat with black bits, um, and she's ever so faithful. The ironic thing is, is that Helen looks after her. Helen is the one who sort of takes parental responsibility, shall we say. Helen is the one who will feed her, takes her to the vets, even rubs factor 50 in one of her ears because it's not got much hair in it in the summer to prevent sunburn. And the trouble is then, that's all well and good, but whose lap does she favour? Probably yours. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> just just to be just to be like that. Yes, that's she only typical, has a typical cat, obviously. Yeah, she only has uh, eyes for me. But yep, she's Ruby Agatha, uh, the previous uh, in the the, the, the the previous incumbent of the feline position in the Edwards household was was uh, was Albert. He was called Albert, and but he was called Albert Endeavour. Now, can you find a link? Albert Endeavour. Mm, can you find a link between Albert Endeavour and Ruby Agatha? I'm sure there is, but go on, tell me. Ah, well, think of the name Endeavour. Who was called Endeavour? Uh, TV-wise and book-wise. You're, you're testing me now. You really are testing it's me now. Inspector Morse. Oh, yes, it was. It was indeed. Agatha. Who is famous for crime writing? Agatha Christie. There, there's the connection. Wow, so, interesting connection. <laughs> we've just, yeah, but uh, yes, we had Albert. Albert was a. We, we'd had we had Albert many, 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 many years, um, and we've had a few more. Previous to that, we did. We had one because we we used to live in Shropshire before we came here, and we brought one with us, Jessica. She was a grey tabby, and when we moved to Aberystwyth after a few months, we got given we got given this cat, who was another white cat with black bits but and and she was called and we did not name her this i stress this she was called twinkie and she was actually a polydactyl cat what what a, po- what a polydactyl mean? cat what well what it what it means is that she had seven toes on the front paws really. and six six toes on the back and is that is that to do with breeding? Uh, yes, apparently it's it's a bit of inbreeding that goes on. I've never heard of that. It's, uh... Yeah, they they, they 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 do actually say if you look it up on Wikipedia places, they call them cardi cats as though they are prevalent in Cardiganshire, but mm. she's the only one I, I've seen. Uh, but the, um, the, the on the front paws. Um, Three of the digits were sort of were there, but they were sort of semi-fused together, and it looks like that she looked like she was wearing mittens. And at some point before we got her, she'd been she'd been caught in a trap, mm-hmm. and the vet had, and she got a, a left hind leg caught in a trap, and you know the vet had saved the leg, but it used to cause her a bit of pain, and she liked to sit with it dangling down, and at this time we lived right in the town centre of Aberystwyth, and she would sit 
on the outside window ledge with this dangling down yeah, and people dangling. Walk, with a leg dangling and people had walked past and you and you could hear them because we were the other side of the windows and they go oh, look at the cat oh look oh funny how she's got a leg and it's dog and she loved a fuss she loved a fuss and then she would sort of stretch out and reveal the extra claws. And then you'd hear people's reaction. It was like, oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. It was, it was quite amazing. But she was a lovely little cat as well. But there we go. I had a, we, I had a, we, we, I had a couple of cats when I was living in um, the States, which I brought back mm -hmm. to the UK when I came back in, in 2010. Oh, yeah. A couple of uh, ginger toms. But when, when, we, when we came back, they, um, they had to stay in quarantine for six months, which was... Oh, oh of course, expensive yes. experience. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the quarantines that's expensive, it's the, you know, the shipping them over it's, and all the kind of veterinary things you have to do beforehand. Oh, yes, yes, I, I can imagine it would, uh, it would be somewhat expensive. Yeah, but I do miss them. They're both, they're both gone now, but yeah, I, I keep thinking now I should get another cat. Oh, they, they do. They, they, they claim a place in your heart. They do. You they know, do. It's, they it's do. Been, it's been a few years now, so I think I think I'll get my own Ruby Agatha. Oh, definitely, definitely, Vicky. I mean, it's quite strange because my son did a lot of travelling, and you know, it, it would have been away for it, like twelve months. They really make the home homely, don't they, cats? Yes, yes. Like, you know, and and like as I say, my son had done a lot of travelling, and he'd been away for oh twelve months, nearly coming up for twelve months. And we were wondering if Ruby would remember him. And anyway, he walked through the door and she sort of looked, looked him up and down, went over, had a sniff, because she's a very sniffy cat. Everything has to be thoroughly sniffed. Had a sniff and then rolled over on her back, exposed her belly. Oh, you're home. Yep. Lovely to see you. <laughs> Remembered. Remembered. I think they do, I think they do remember. I think they, they say, do. They say oh, yeah. cats have a short-term memory, but I don't think I don't. That's not my experience. No, I think they do. They definitely do. Yeah. You know, but yeah, they do make it. They do make it. They they, they make a house a home. I won't be without one. They definitely do. Mm, I won't so, be without one. No, I think I'm. I think I'm going to get that sorted. Instead of mastering lockdown. Good. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So you and I, you and I have something in common. We both transitioned late in life. Yes. I was in my fifties. When I transitioned, and I think you have me too recently as well. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so me too. You, could you just tell us a little bit about you know your transition story and how it kind of how how you discovered that you were transgender? Right. Well, it, it's one of those things um, because just to set 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 the scene a little, you know, I actually started transitioning when I was um, when I was fifty six which is quite a long time, you know, and quite, quite late in life. But I knew many, 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 many years ago, I had, I had, I had, shall we say, an inkling. I knew there was something different when I was about nine. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have the words to express it. I didn't have the ideas to express it. And also, I think what didn't help as well was that I was an only child. Right. And I, I, if you like, I know it sounds strange. I had no, I had no siblings, and I certainly had no sister to compare to. If you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I knew there was something. I knew there was something. You know, I mean, I was sort of always the the sort of, if you like, the the, the, the soft kid. I was the one who was picked on. You know. Um. 
you have to consider that this was sort of, you know, age nine, this was 1972, and yeah. times were very, very much different. And, you know, the only chance I ever got to play with the girls really was when you played house. And of course, you had to be the daddy. Yeah, so I mean, early early seventies. I mean, there was nothing, was there, back then? There was nothing. There was nothing, and I was what it what it what it is to be trans. I mean, the only thing that was really around at that time was there may have been one or two things on TV, kind of documentaries about transsexuals. I mean, that's the only thing I remember from back then. But that's that's right, you know. But I was astute enough to know that you know that I had to sort of, I was astute enough to know that I had to sort of join in as best as I could with the, the boys because I would have been you know well I'd have been picked on ruthlessly and mercilessly I was picked on anyway because yeah, so, I, was I mean the if, you'd, if you'd kind of told your friends what was going on back then oh no 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 that was very much my secret because you yeah. know in, in those days as well those sort of feelings were quite shameful oh yeah was... And and so, you know, I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have the words to express it. And so it was about, I was 14 and there was an article in the Sunday newspaper, uh, which was about uh, Rini Richards, who was a trans tennis player. Yeah. Sort of at the vanguard of it. And that article, it just leapt off the page to me. And it was, this is you. This, this is you. This is what all these feelings have been about. This is you. And so, in a way, I had something to hang my hat on. But again, that's 1977. Yeah. Where'd you go? And what I, do you I do? mean, can you imagine telling your parents or telling your teachers no. at that age? I mean, no, 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 been... no, no. It would have been dangerous or you would have been ridiculed or it would have been... Well, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, my parents, bless them, you know, I mean, they were quite religious as well. So it would never have, you know, even if I had told them, it would have been an even bigger deal than perhaps if they had Well, I mean, they'd probably just, you know, just deny it and tell yes, you not to be exactly. silly and all those kind of things. Exactly. So... You know, there, there was, but there was there was nobody you could tell. You know, you couldn't really. I couldn't go to my GP because, for a, for a start, the, you know, in those those days, as a minor, your yeah. GP would have been well within his rights to actually inform your parents. Yeah. Plus the fact, which even complicated it even more, that my grandmother's next door neighbour was the receptionist at the GP surgery. Well, that doesn't help, does it? So, so basically, you've got no, you've got nowhere to nowhere go. To you've go. Got nowhere to go, and you've got no information about it. You don't know anything that that is that you know that, that what you can do. I mean, your like only a, reference is is sort of seeing something like that in the newspaper or trying to find something in the the reference yeah. section of the local library. But that's just medical. There's nothing to inform you. So. I mean, I even, even even then, wouldn't be, there wouldn't be that much information anyway in the seventies. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, although it is quite interesting because uh, a friend of my mother's, who um, who I who my, my mother, you know, my, my mother sadly passed away in November uh, twenty nineteen. Um, my dad, he he'd been he passed away in uh, two thousand and six. 
Um, and they both passed away actually before I sort of came out full time. Um, but I I came out full time to a friend of my mother's who we, we used to live sort of four doors down the street from uh, from where we used to live, and and she said something to me that I'd never I'd never remembered, but they used to go and uh, they used to go my mother my mother and her friend used to go and play bingo a lot mm-hmm. and and so when my dad was sort of working as they used to call it late term which was sort of evening shift yeah i was i was taken to my mum's friend's house because she had to be with her own children and her husband would look would do the babysitting so to speak and apparently she told me that my mum would say to 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 her to her, my friend's husband, to her friend's husband, um, try and toughen him up a bit, John. Try and try and would, would you try and toughen him up a bit? And and you know, and she said, but you wouldn't. You he tried all sorts, and you would not have anything to do with it. You just didn't want to know. Didn't want to know. Um, sure, I mean, they they noticed. They obviously noticed something about you mm, that wasn't some, typical for, I guess, boys of the same age at the time. That, that's that, that that's right that's right um but so what what do you do 1977 at 14 with that or the only thing you can do yeah. is what can you do? nothing apart from bury it and get on as best you yeah. can yeah so did you i mean did you is that what you did did you kind of bury it for the you know the, yes. the longest time from oh, yes from your teens right through until you're probably late 40s i would think oh yes yes In, into my 50s really into my fifties. Nobody I mean, knew until nobody until knew. Nobody, nobody knew until until I was fifty-six. Right. So that was the first time you told that anybody was the else. First, that's the first oh, time doing? I told anybody about it. You know, I'd yeah. I'd buried it. I denied it. Uh, certainly, you know, I tried to be. I, you know, to, to give the saying, I tried to be the best man I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I got pretty successful at it, if I'm, if well, I may say yeah, so. Yeah, me too. I did, I did exactly the same thing for a very similar period of time. Um, you know, it was completely buried and didn't tell a living soul until I was probably no, and 53, I, I think it was. Yes. And I actually, for many, 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 many years, you know, I, I got to the point where where it, it was there, but it didn't bother me. It was really well buried and bottled up. And I was sort of occupied with doing other things. So, so I, I sort of threw myself into my career. I, you know, I did a lot of different roles within, within the job. Uh, and sort of, I became a bit of an extrovert in compensation. If yeah, you see I what think I, I did. Mean. I did a similar thing, but I didn't really become an extrovert. I just I came. I think I became kind of. I'm not sure what the word is, but you kind of com- overcompensated. Yes, and you would try yes. and do things in a kind of more masculine way to overcompensate for yes. how you were really feeling. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, absolutely. You know, very, very, very much so. I mean, I. I mean, uh, for example, yes, classic one, really, you know, who had to sort of, who had to prove her manhood by having a motorbike? 
You did. I did. Yes. yes. Then at work, who had to prove her manhood by actually being one of the nutters who climbed up the towers? You did. I did. Yeah. 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 Who, who grew a fantastic beard? Yeah. You did. I, I did. Yeah. And yeah. I've done all those things. Well, I've not, all I've those. Not, that, 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 I've not climbed towers and by a motorbike, but I've done very similar. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, absolutely. And, and so, you know, that, that, that's what I did. Um, I, you know, as I say, I, I, I sort of threw myself into things. It's this, in the same way that I threw myself into, you know, at age 14, you realise that there was nothing to be done. I did have a very painful few years sort of in my sort of mid-teens where I, it was very, very difficult to deal with. I felt very isolated. I was very alone. I didn't really have many friends at the time. I was very much a loner. And in a way, I took, the only way I can describe it, I suppose, is that I took a sort of, a very, not unhealthy interest, but a very keen interest in girls of my age. Yeah. But not from a sexual nature. Not from the sort of the keen interest that the that the boys of my age would have. Mainly around the fact is that I wanted to be them. So you, did you have a lot of um, girlfriends or friends that were girls? Around? Well, no, because half the trouble is, of course, which made my life even worse, is that I went to an all boys school. Oh, really? Yes, and you know, I went to an all boys school, and so. It was a real sort of, as you can imagine, it was a real testosterone-fueled hellhole. God, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, indeed. And so the, I, I was very isolated in, in that respect. I was quite a loner, uh, but I took this, you know, this this interest because I wanted to be them. Everything about them, they always seemed much happier. They had much nicer things. They seemed to be getting much more out of life than I ever did. And you know, I, I got to the point with it that. I used to go to bed at night, you know, wishing and praying that in the morning it would all be solved and I would wake up a girl. Yeah. And of course, that, of course, that's never going to happen, but you'd wake up in the morning and you would be quite disappointed. But I didn't realise, I got to about sort of 17 where I just realised that I couldn't carry on like this. I had to do something. And I basically... I'd been tinkering about with, you know, I'd done a lot of, as I'd done a lot of tinkering around with bits and bobs and electrocuted myself various several times. And uh, so I, I, I sort of developed more of a, an interest in, in sort of electronics and um, amateur radio. It was a, it was a sort of a way out. It was something to give me an, an interest. And, um, and also at that, time I decided that really I couldn't carry on like this and I had to sort of put these feelings away and so that's when I really really started the burying process. Yeah so you, you, you got out the spade and dug, dug the hole deeper and buried it even further. Buried it, buried it even deeper and and then in a way you, you can describe it you occupied yourself with all the other things so my, I, I started, as I say, looking about electronics and delving into amateur radio. And as a result of that, 
again, you could perhaps see this again as being the sort of perhaps uber masculine thing. But then I also decided that I was going to run away to sea. All right. Uh, so I this actually... Is, this was 80s, was it? Early 80s? This, this was the 80s. I was going to run away to sea, but not sort of... In, in, in the sort of the classic sense. So I, I actually, I had actually done my O-levels. I was, without blowing my own trumpet, I was quite academically bright. So I had my studies to, de to, to, to occupy me as well. Uh, I was quite ac academically bright. I did my O-levels, did reasonably well. So I went on to do A-levels, but again, it was, it, the A levels I could see weren't really doing what I wanted for me. So at that point, and with my interest in electronics, I decided I was going to run away seat. So I left and I did a ship's radio officers course. Right. So this was this was like merchant this was in shipping. The merchant shipping. Yeah. This was in the this was in the early eighties. This was mer merchant shipping. Right. So you were out on the out on the ship. Ah, uh, well, there, there, thereby hangs a story, Vicky, because uh, it was a three-year course, and basically th there was virtually no merchant, no merchant navy to go into, and this is how I ended up in my current, well, my 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 current job actually. I've recently retired. Uh, how I ended up in my my employment as a. Um, as a tr transmitter and antenna engineer in uh, broadcast radio and television. So, so you, start, you started off with this kind of training thing with the, I guess it was the Merchant Navy. It, it was, um, well, it was actually, the, there, was a, there, was a, there was quite a few colleges about. Uh, I went to the one in Liverpool, which was Riversdale Technical College in Liverpool, which, which, did, which did this, this course. There was a, a dedicated marine college in Fleetwood, and there was another one at Ray Castle in the Lake District, and there were a few dotted about the country. And the idea was to eventually go into the Merchant Navy. The, the, the idea would be was to go into the Merchant Navy and be a ship's radio officer for right. however long. But the, they just weren't the positions or there was, availability. There was not to... the positions. And during the third year of the course, uh, the careers lecturer came round and... He uh, said, uh, right, okay, hands up uh, those who uh, want an interview with the BBC. So right. I stuck my hand up and the rest, as they say, is history. So you, you joined the BBC back in, I guess that would have been the mid-80s by then? Yes, 1983. Right. 1983. Um, so was, that, was there a kind of a division for what you were doing at that time? Was it, or was it just part of the normal kind of BBC? Oh right. Well, we were, I, I joined um, I joined BBC Transmitter Group as it was called at the time. Right. So, so they would be responsible uh, for all transmission stations and towers and kind of the infrastructure. That's right. So, so it was all for it was it was all the, the the BBC TV and radio services. We transmitted all the BBC radio and TV services. Uh, so you, you know all the national ones: radios one, two, three, yeah. four; BBC one, BBC two. Um, we were responsible for 50% of the towers because the other 50% were owned by the IBA. That's how it worked. Yeah. So, so the IBA was, would be the for the for ITV. the other stations with the ITV. They were, they, were, they, were, they were for ITV. Yeah. ITV right. and local radio. So, but also what we used to do as well, as well as the sort of domestic services, um, BBC, we also did the BBC World Service. Right. So... I sort of joined as a technical assistant in 1983 and you 
went through a sort of a, a two and a half year course and you qualified as a BBC engineer about two and a half, year, uh, two and a half years later. And so that was 1985. My base at that time uh, was, uh, was Home Moss, which is on the Pennines just by Huddersfield. Yes, not too far from here. And but the first thing you did, you, you were always shipped about, and I went back to Homos after qualifying, and they sent me to a place called Wooferton in Shropshire, which is still going. It is the last active uh, shortwave transmitting station in the UK, uh, as it stands. And I went there ostensibly for six months, and I ended up staying six years. Uh, but its main function, at Shropshire, the, the one in Shropshire Wolferton, is a, it was a BBC on site, but our bread and butter was actually was actually transmitting the voice of America uh, across the Iron Curtain. Wow! And that, that's 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 what we did. It was, uh, so this was, it was broadcasts from from the US. Broadcast from the US. It came in on a satellite link. And then, then you re then you rebroadcast it. Then we then we then we rebroadcast it on uh, on the the shortwave frequencies and everything, virtually everything from that site headed east, headed over the Iron Curtain. So you'd have programming in Russian, in Czech, in, in Czech Polish, Romanian, Bulgarian, Maga, everything like that. It, it, it was all. Going. And this would have all been kind of Western propaganda, I guess, to try yes, and influence well, yes. the people. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yes, it, it was. It was. And so I did that for six years. And, you know, you were, you were asking earlier about, uh, you know, where my, where my wife was from. Was, was my wife Welsh? Well, no, she was from Berkshire, but she'd moved to Ludlow as well, because that's where I lived, Ludlow, which was South Shropshire, which was the, the nearest town. She'd moved to Ludlow as well, and that's where we met. So I'm I'm oh. from the north of England. She's from the south of England. We met on neutral territory. So you, you met in the middle. We met in the middle, and then just to confound all the critics, a year a year later, we moved west. To Wales. We moved west to Wales because actually moving here was a, a promotion for me. Yeah. So so you've been you've been doing that job with the BBC, and and I guess it's other it's gone through various kind of um, iterations since then. You've been oh, doing yes, that for is... about 30 years then. Well, yes. Uh, well, basically, I retired. I, I left work on the 23rd of October last year, and it was five days short of 37, and a, 37 years and six months so, from when I started. So you, I mean, when you, when you, one of the things you would do as part of that job would be to climb up these TV transmitter towers and do maintenance and... Installation oh, yes. checks and all kinds of interesting yes, stuff. Yes, in, yeah, installations, maintenance, um, fault repairs, because uh, you know occasionally they, they they do burn up and um, they sort of. I would say, if, if I was to say catch fire, it's a bit over dramatic. They don't actually sort of catch fire as such, but they do burn up. You do get burn ups because there's quite a lot of power going around. Yeah, and so uh, yes, I used to do that. I also, you know, I'd, I'd done the, I also done the transmitter work as well on the ground, and uh, at one point in that, I, you know, I was, I was the for four years, I was the manager responsible for all the, for all the uh, sort of all the 
sites all the sites and antennas on the BBC side of things uh, in the entirety of the UK. I looked after a team of about uh, 13 people who did all that. And then when we merged with the other company, which was Arkiva, and then we all became Arkiva, um, because everything had doubled in terms of sites, um, I looked after the south of the UK and there was another colleague of mine then who looked after the north of the UK. And I did so that. The BBC and the ITV had actually separate towers. Is that correct? Uh, yes and no. So um, like basically, basically corporation what they, and then private industry world. Yes. So basically, what they did is, uh, for a lot, certainly for the the, the the television sites anyway, the television sites, they were on a shared basis. Because basically, if everything was transmitted from the one place, it meant that people only had to put one aerial up. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Makes it sense. makes sense. So what was arranged was to stop the difficulties of money having to change hands. It was a sort of a 50-50 split of ownership. Right. So the, the company I worked for, which had previously been the BBC, owned 50% of the sites. The IBA owned the other 50% of the sites. So it was just a sort of a gentleman's agreement yeah. that as we own 50% and you own 50%, well, we won't charge you and you won't charge us. And then it all kind of kicked in and, and merged, all, merged under Arquiva. Uh, yes, and it all merged merged then into into Arquiva, yes. And so um and so so I did that uh, up until 2017. And I then um, I then changed my role within the company to become what was called a technical event manager. Technical event manager. Technical event manager. Yes. Uh, basically, what was happening at the time is that there was a l large government-sponsored project to actually clear the upper parts of the television broadcasting band to uh, make more space for mobile phones. Okay. And so my role in all this is that these events used to take, these retuning events used to take place in the wee small hours. And right. I would actually go and manage, manage those events. There were several steps in this of which I won't, I won't bore people with. But basically, if I was going to say one site, uh, it wouldn't just be one visit. I would end up going at least three or four times. And these sites were spread all over the country. So I looked, for example, I did I did the one close to you, which is Winter Hill. Winter did Hill. That one. Just, I can't yeah. actually looking at it right now. Yeah, I did that one. Um, uh, I did um, uh, Divis, which is uh, Belfast in Scotland. Crystal Palace, which is the, uh, the main one for London, um, Sudbury in Suffolk, uh, Huntshaw Cross in Devon. It, everywhere was sort of grist to the mill. So this kind of involves stripping off uh, equipment from these towers and installing new stuff. Uh, well, basically everything, what, what they used to do is that there was a, the, the bits that I was involved with was what we would do is that we would, the antennas and, and, and that, they were sort of, they were, the installation of those was done by contractors overseen by the company and project managers. Uh, so those antennas would, um, would get put up. 
then my role in it would be that what they would do then is that the permanent equipment would be required to be retuned. So they would install containerized equipment. So we would switch over to containerized equipment whilst the permanent equipment was retuned and then switch back to the permanent equipment. Right. And these containers used to travel all over the country. So th this was this was 2017 when you were doing that. So did that yeah. kind of co did that coincide with when we switched over from analog to digital? Was that around uh, the same analog, time? No, an analog to digital was the, the was that sort of then? that was before then. That was the sort of 2000, 2008 to sort of 2012 period. Right. Okay. Yeah, that was a much that was a again was I was involved in that with my engineering hat on. I was, yeah. I was involved in that with my engineering hat on, but in a slightly, slightly different, slightly different role. Yeah. So, I mean, so it, it sounds like you've had a lot of different kind of career, um, you know, positions within that organization. Um, yes. So, oh, yes. You know, right up to management level. Mm -hmm. oh, yes, I got, uh, yes, I managed to shin up the greasy pole a little. Um, and then you, yeah. And then I shim back down it for the last few years. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine actually going up one of those towers. There, there, there must be what a thousand feet. Oh, somewhere a thousand. Some, yeah, some. There are some thousand footers. Yes, it, it becomes, it becomes one of those things. I, I, I put it, 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 when, when it just amazes me how they actually, how do they actually start stay up? I mean, oh, they're going. They look like they look like a flimsy kind of structure, but then when you get close to them, they're actually. Surrounded by like a cable system. Oh yeah, they're, they're very, they're very substantial. Put it this way, I quite happily climb one of the one of those, but I'm 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 less than happy if I if I'm on a ladder clearing my gutters. <laughs> really? Yes, because that mast is going nowhere. So is it when you're climbing up those? Do they feel stable? They're not kind of moving around. Um, the oh, they move around in the wind. Yes. The, um, the, uh, the masts, a lot of the big masts, the lattice masts, um, not many people know this, is that actually they are on, they all, all the weight rests on a ball bearing at the bottom, a big ball bearing. Oh, really? So they can... So, they so, kind so, of, they can, so it pivots so, on that ball bearing so it, so and the cable kind of keep it positioned. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it pivots on that so it can sort of move in so the wind. It move in the wind, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, uh, so that's so that's what I did uh, for a living. But um, as I say, you know, um, if we go back to the, the sort of the transition, I threw my, as I say, I threw myself in, 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 in into work and, and everything like that. But yeah. uh, as I sort of got into my sort of uh, uh, early fifties, my buried feelings started to come out more. I, they were starting to sort of dig themselves out. And I sort of went into denial mode over it. But it basically by then making the excuse to myself that it was too late. I'd missed the boat. It was too late. Well, because you felt you were too old. Because I felt I was too point. old. Yes. Because I thought, you know, I, I, I was too old now. I was too old. You know, you've missed your opportunity. So don't be so, don't be so stupid. Don't be so silly. Get, you're not, you're not going to be able to do it. So forget it. Bury it again. But 
of course, once the genie is out the bottle, the genie is out of the bottle. Yeah. And it sort of just grew and, and grew and grew until the, the only way I can describe it was sort of June, June 20, June 2019, the top really came off the bottle and it was out and there was absolutely no way it was going back. And I knew, I knew at that point that I had to do something about it. I had, I had to, I had to face up to my reality for, for want of a better expression. And I had to do something about it. And, and so I did, I did. I, I got some help in through actually a forum on Reddit uh, called Translator. Okay, I've, not, I've we, not heard of that one. Yeah, as in translator, not in yeah, translator yeah. of of languages, yeah, yeah. as in trans translator. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, some somebody on there actually, a, a girl in, in in New Jersey, sort of took me under her wing and gave me some help. And one of the things, and people were saying on there, no, 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 it's not too late. If you need to do it, you need to do it. You need to do it. Uh, yeah, and it's so never, it's never too late. There's, it's no, it's not. It's never too late. People in the fifties, sixties, seventies who go. I, I've yes, I, absolutely. I've I've you know I've subsequently found found that out. You know I I found out in in effect that I was not alone doing it at that age. Yeah. Um. So I, I basically it came. I, I was actually. In a in a in a hotel room in South Wales, and I just reached crisis point, and I just at that point just realised and had to admit it, and I did, and the moment I did that, the relief was palpable. Yeah. So I mean, it would have been okay, building up to this huge event. <clears throat> yes. I, I yes. Guess just, I guess it just blurted out, blurted out to. Well, it was to, it was to me actually. To me, my, my, the first step was in me, sort of acknowledging and accepting it instead so of fighting it, was, it. It was kind of like uh, you finally going to acknowledge it and, and do something yes. about it and accept yes. who you are to yourself. Yes, absolutely, yeah. to myself at first, um, and then the first person I actually told was was my line manager at work really but so this would have there, we're still in we're still in 2019 we're still in 2019 but and there is an interesting little thing that, that come that comes into play here because my line manager's trans oh and did you know when you told them oh yes 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 absolutely um she transitioned a few years later, a few a few years earlier. She transitioned a few years earlier, um, and it was one of those things, you know. That, at, at the time, that that sort of when, I, especially when I'm in denial and she transitioned, it made things it made things very difficult for me to talk to her because I was sort of well, not to put too fine a point in it, somewhat jealous that she'd had the courage to do it. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of a perfect person to come out. Oh, to. yes, yes, absolutely. But there is another bizarre sort of twist in the tale with this is that actually uh, going back to sort of sort of 20, uh, 
2000 and sort of 20, 2010, 2008, sort of 2008 to about um, 2012, uh, we used to share a flat together. Oh, really? So you, you, you knew her? No, we knew her. We knew her, but neither of us knew about the other. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is quite, you know, which is absolutely That's, amazing. Yeah, amazing. It really is. And again, she never had a clue about me and I never had a clue about her. Yeah. But uh, that, that's so she was the first person I told. And as you and can how, imagine, how did that go? I mean, you're, you're at work, I, I assume, when this happened. I was, at, I was actually about to, I was actually that evening going to go to work. I was working the night shift and I called her and she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. As you would expect. She was fully absolutely fully supportive. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. What about all your, all your workmates? Were they. As well, I mean, did it go down well at work? Ah, well, you, you have to sort. You have to sort of. You have to take the timeline of, yeah. of, of this, um, because the the next person I told at work was actually a, a trusted colleague of mine. Because at the time, I was also the secretary of our employee forum, and I, I. Well, put it this way, I got told off by a lady called Jo Joanne, who was the chair of the employee forum, because I'd not done something that I should have done. And she asked me, was, you know, everything all right? I said, ah, well, I said, Jo, I'm having a few, um, got a few personal issues. Oh, she said, what is it? I said, I'd rather not tell you over the phone. I said, we've got our meeting coming down, coming up soon. Um, because in Winchester, because that's where our head office was, I said, if you get there early, you know, I'll get there early and we'll meet up and I'll, um, I'll tell you. And so, so we did. So, and, and Joe is from uh, Wakefield and quite, quite blunt spoken in a Yorkshire way. Yeah. And basically we sat down, we got a drink. Was, we were staying in the same hotel sat outside, it was nice weather, it was, it was July, and she basically said, out with it then. So I, I told her, and she went, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> she said, I thought that you were going to tell me you were having an affair. Oh, I went, no, not no. Quite. And then she, she turned round and I'll use her exact words because they're stuck with me. And she looked at me and she went, but, but, she said, <laughs> I always thought that you were a big hurry arsed bloke's bloke. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the years of uh, fooling everybody. Well, that's exactly what I said to her. I said, that's exactly what you're supposed to think. And she said, no problem. She said, actually, she said, I'm going to support you with this all the way. She said, mm -hmm. I want to be with you every step of the way. And even though I no longer work for the company, she still is. She was, been, she was brilliant. Um, then going on with work, nobody else really knew for a, for a, a long time. Because so were you working with the kind of like the, I guess they have a, an LGBT employee group? Ah, working well, with them to kind of come up with a plan as how you how you're going to ah, well the, 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 that, that's that's that, that's the sort of the next bit of it because the company i work for 
Arkiva, despite 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 what well put it this way, the company I worked for Arkiva thought thought that they were actually quite quite poor at diversity and inclusion. So they actually created a role within the HR department for a, a diversity a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a, a lady called Haley Rose uh, got the job. Um, a lot of it was around with the company thinking it was bad because it's heavily engineering based. It's yeah. you don't necessarily have the workforce is very very heavily male orientated. Yeah. Yeah. It's also very sort of you know there's there's a lot of sort of how you know it, there's also a lot of you know Caucasian people in it. Yeah. It's not yeah. very not very not ethnically very or, or, or 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 diverse basically for the nature of the work. In fact, as the chief the chief executive officer at the time used to call a lot of the work, workforce, he had a phrase for them, which was um, stale, male and pale. Yeah, yes, my, yeah. my, my workplace is the same. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, so they, so they, 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 they set, had this role. And I went to see her really with my employee forum hat on and to see how we could help her in her new role and what we could do as the employee forum to sort of help her and bring things forward. And so we had a chat about that. And at the end I said, also, I've got something to tell you. And, and she was like, oh, oh. So she's been oh, in her job five minutes and you-, you She's been in her job five minutes. And give her a shock. Well, about to give her a shock, but also if you can imagine, and in a way, you know, you've been in the job five minutes, diversity and inclusion, and this happens to you. What a wonderful thing it must be. Well, it's yeah, almost a bit like I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's very kind of empowering for her, I think. You know, very empowering for her. And so she set up various things. And one of the things is that she set up a network of um, diversity and inclusion ambassadors, which right. um, she asked me to be one. Which, which I was obviously quite, quite happy, quite happy to do so. Yeah. And um, so that's so I did work, did did work on that. You know, there was a lot of things about sort of be, you know, sort of being seen and being seen and being seen to be seen. If if, if you see what yeah, I yeah. mean. Yeah. But but what we've done as well, you have to consider in parallel with all this, is that I was married. And I had to be very, very fair to my wife over this. And because I, as I say, I told my, I told my line manager first because of who she was. Yeah. Uh, and then about, and then about a week later, um, I, I told my wife. And I have to say that was one of the most awful yeah, experiences of my life. Yeah. I, we'd been through some tough times in the past for various reasons, and she'd always took things in her stride. And so in my sort of foolish, I can only, well, we can describe it, in my foolish sort of puffed pride, so to speak, I expected her to be the same. And I was not ready, not ready at all for the, the sort of the virtual, you know, emotional breakdown that happened. Um, and it was, you know, it was very, very, very difficult, very difficult indeed. 
but she's made of strong stuff. I will, I will say that. And, you know, we sort of, we, we sort of moved on, but it became the elephant in the room between us. And one of the things that I realized at that point is that I had to have a timetable and I had to take it at a pace that would try and help my wife, Helen, as much as it possibly could to come to terms with it. Yeah. You know, so for a very, very, very long time, it wasn't public knowledge. Um, so at one point, the only people who knew were my line manager, uh, Helen, my friend, Joe, and I'd also at that point as well been getting, I'd also got myself in contact with a, a counsellor through uh, Gender GP. Okay, yeah, I know them well. And, and, uh, and obviously she knew, she knew as well. Yeah. Um, I was very, very conscious of the fact that, uh, that, that it became the elephant in the room for for us all for certainly for Helen and I because it was there but, but but as I worked away in the week and was virtually away Monday to Fridays what I didn't want it to be was the sort of the dominating topic of every weekend that I was home yeah I mean because it, I can imagine it being a very difficult time for you it, it was an extremely difficult time because you know we were we would sort of skirt around the subject Every time we did, did get mentioned, obviously it was very, very emotional. Yeah, you know there was um, put it put it this way, Vicky. Between us, Helen and I have invested an awful lot of money in Kleenex. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you know, I mean, was uh, your was your son also aware of what was going on? Right. Well, in the in the very early days, no, because actually at that particular time, my son was in New Zealand. Okay, so yeah. Uh, but obviously, and what we didn't want to do was sort of say, you know, hey, you're 12,000 miles away. Guess over what? The, over the phone. It's not really... So he was coming back in the August. And so we, we waited until then. Um, the weekend he came back, there was no way we could tell him because he was absolutely, you know, dead on his feet, jet lagged. Yeah. Yeah. So we saved it for the following weekend. I went away working that week. And I really do not know to this day how Helen coped with that week, knowing what was coming up, being with him every day and not being able so, to say anything. I mean, you, you were still presenting as male during this Oh, time. yes. Yeah. Yes. In this time I was. Yes, ab ab absolutely. Absolutely. I, I say that, but I was and I wasn't because, of course, I was away from home. Yeah. So you had opportunities too. So I had opportunities, but certainly... At that time, the best way I could describe it is Saren lived in a large suitcase in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we I came back that weekend, the weekend that we were going to, um, we were going, we were decided we were going to tell him. And I was really quite worried as to how he was going to take it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. again, um, he's the only child. Yeah. Uh, is, is a boy. He's a man now, but he's a boy. And, you know, sort of traditionally on those sort of lines, boys always tend to be closer to their mums than they are their dads. Yeah, it could. I mean, potentially it has, you know, it could go very badly. Yes. And I was very concerned that he would 
take sides and side with his mum. Mm-hmm. However, my fears were totally unfounded. We told him and he sort of took it in his stride. He sort of said, well, yes, well, yeah, I, I understand. I, I, I understand. I, I do understand. I think younger people, uh, you know, they, they do have, you know, they're more aware of this, you know, and they probably have friends or friends of friends who are trans. Well, a, 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 exactly. A, a, exactly. Um, so he said, I, I, I understand. And he said, I just want you to know, he had a, he had a moment's thought and yeah. he said, I just want you to know that whatever happens, whether you stay together, whether you split up, whatever happens, he said, I want you to know that I love you both and I'll support you both in whatever you do. Brilliant. And he was absolutely brilliant. But then we did have a conversation and there's a friend of his here in Aberystwyth who had a trans girlfriend. There was a girl that he knew her mum fostered somebody who later turned out to be trans. And so much more first, but it did actually, I will say, you know, he did struggle with it for a while because it did actually make him sort of challenge his own identity yeah as I well mean, it did have an impact can, on him you know it, i wouldn't say it was impact all, people like you know i didn't yeah. wouldn't say it was all smooth sailing but he was absolutely you know he was absolutely sort of brilliant with it and that was a great weight off my mind and it, and it was a, a great weight weight off helen's mind so he so he anyway would, so he would have been supporting you and helen he was in, in he was supporting at that time yes yeah. he was he was indeed in fact actually he was he was like a second counselor to, yeah. to Helen yeah. he was he was really really good because as we progressed and and then I sort of you know I'd, I'd, I'd been speaking to uh, the counsellor from Gender GP and the counsellor you know and I'd also got a, her some counselling as well I got her Helen should I say yeah yeah scratch that edit that I got Helen <laughs> Helen some counselling from Gender GP she had a couple of sessions yeah and um, but he was like a second counsellor to her and one of the things that Helen had done was a bit of research and she'd looked on the the NHS website about um, transgender people and one of the things on there which sort of I don't know where they got this idea from but there is a line in there I don't know if it's still there that it sort of said that a, a great number of people once they start HRT progress no further hmm. okay, in, in as many words uh, no, in as many words, um, but that that was that was definitely you know that was what it said, and she'd done she'd done her research um, on that, and looked at the NH website, and and in a, in a sort of way, you know, we we discussed various things, Helen and I. Of course, the, one of the things that she said was the first thing that she said. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna live full time as a woman, then I'm leaving, or should I say? you're leaving not not her um understandable then of course it was that well maybe you could just do it in the privacy of the home which obviously would not have worked and and then she'd read this about 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 this uh, on the nhs website and she'd sort of pin some hopes on this so i progressed with gender gp so did you Uh, not did you not go talk to your GP at the time or ah right yes well well, indeed indeed actually I did uh, no no I did actually because actually bizarrely I actually I actually spoke to my GP before I actually spoke to my wife right 
purely by accident because uh, we'd been away with some friends. We'd been to a, a, a music festival in um, Oxfordshire for the weekend. And in my mind, that was, if you like, that music festival. I was going to go there. I was going to have a really good time because that was his swan song. If you right. see what I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we came back on the Monday from it. Uh, Helen's car was in the garage get, getting some repairs done. So I, I dropped her off because we were in my car. And while she was getting her car, I thought this is the ideal opportunity to go down to my GP surgery and get an appointment. And I went down and, for, and the, fortunately there was the receptionist there that I knew he, and he's really, really good. And I said, I need to see somebody. He said, what's it about? I explained, he went, ah, oh, right. He said, yes, he said, I, I, won't, I won't mention any, any names. He said, okay. oh, you need to speak to Dr. Such and such. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She deals with these sort of things. He said. So you, you, in your GP surgery, you have whichever doctor's available kind of thing. Is that how it works? Then? Well, normally you go and you just get, you just get allocated one, you know, yeah. there yeah. are the, right. the heads, but you just sort of norm, normally when you phone up, it's like, you don't have any choice who you see, you get who you give. Yeah. Okay. And he went, ah, oh, no, no, you need to, oh, no, no, I'll put, I'll, I'll get you an appointment with Dr. Such and Such. She, she deals with these sort of so things. Was she, was she um, knowledgeable? Were, were his words. So um, he, he look, I'll come to that in a minute. He offered me, he offered me a couple of appointments and I said, I can't, I can't, I can't. I said, because I'm away, I'm away. And he went, oh, okay. And he did some furious tapping on the computer and then said, okay, how's about half past nine tomorrow morning? Oh yeah, that'll do. Uh, that'll do. So I, uh, I went to see her and, you know, I'd sort of, you know, I'd, uh, as you do something like this, when you're telling somebody, especially GP, it's very, very, very emotional. It's yeah, very, I remember when I told my GP very you know, and, you know, I was, you know, she was, she was passing me the tissues, and and she said, she said, she said, really, she said, I'm absolutely amazed. I'm absolutely amazed that you've managed to last so long. I really don't know how you've done it. She said, I'm really, really amazed by that. And she said, right, we'll get it, we'll get it all sorted. But she said, I've never done this before. Okay, so you were the first kind of patient. So I, had, which surprised was, me because I know yeah. of other trans people in Aberystwyth, you know, and I'm, it really surprised me, especially after what the after what the receptionist said. But I definitely got the distinct impression that certainly in my surgery, I'm with this GP. I, I was her, I was her first patient, so it was a bit like a sort of a you know a mutual learning experience because. Yeah. I went armed with paperwork, even on the first one. And she said, right, we'll get you referred and, and everything like that. But, and she was, you know, she was genuinely lovely. Um, but at the same time, of course, it, things were changing in Wales because the new gender clinic was opening in Cardiff that September. Right, so because, you're, because you live in Wales, you... Do you have to use a Welsh one? Is that kind of the rule? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. What What had originally happened in the past? Wales was slightly behind England because in Wales at that time, even in July that time, uh, Welsh patients all went to Charing Cross. 
And even at the time in England, if you'd gone to see your GP, you could be directly referred by your GP to a gender clinic. In Wales, you still had the, you still had the extra hurdle of to go and be assessed by the psychiatrist in the local mental health team. Oh God! Yeah. So you had to do that. Was that? Well, what happened is that um, I went to see her. She said, "I give her all this paperwork," and she 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 said, "Yes, I'll I'll look into it. I'll get it sorted." And about a week, a week or a week later, I, I got a phone call um, from the, 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 the appointments department in our local health board, which is based down at the big hospital in Carmarthen, sort of saying, oh, right, yes, so we got this. Um, yeah, we'd like to um, make an appointment for you. Oh, great. Yes, yes. So various dates, et cetera, et cetera, due to my work schedule. The earliest I could do it was the end of August, so that was fine. So I uh, I went, and it turned out well. I I knew straight away that when the appointment letter came through, it wasn't with a psychiatrist; it was with a psychosexual counsellor, which sort of threw me a bit. But I thought, well, maybe this is the way they do it here. Maybe this is this is this is not the GIC yet, is it? This is kind of pre pre. This, This is. This is pre-GIC, this is pre-referral. So I got this, you know, basically the the local health board appointments department for me up saying, right, we can offer you this appointment. They said, they just didn't tell me who it was with. And it was only when the the appointment letter came through, did I see who it was with? And it was with a psychosexual counsellor. But I thought, oh, well, maybe that's the way they do it here. So I duly went for the appointment and it was she was very she was very well-meaning she was very nice uh there was instead i wasn't really grilled should should we say for, for want of a better word on my trans feelings as such so they were kind of trying to deal with it as a kind of a, a sexual thing rather than an well identity. well i don't know because what what she spent an awful lot of time focusing on was the impact that my transition would have on others and was I aware of this yeah which was a little odd and and then of course she said the one then of course then she sort of said you know she knew a little bit about it because she said well if you're waiting for the NHS surgery at your age you're going to be in your mid-60s before you get surgery you do realize that and, and then she sort of said, oh, yes, yeah, she said, and yes, well, you know, and, and you're going to have difficulty passing because you're quite masculine looking as well. And you're thinking, oh, this is really going really well. You know, yeah. this is this is going really, really well, this, isn't it? This is going fantastically well. So, but she was very nice and everything like that, you know, and, and you couldn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds like she was nice, and but it sounds like it was also totally inappropriate at the same time. Total waste of, total waste of time. Waste so of time. anyway, yeah. so anyway, I, I made an appointment to see my GP again in the September and um, went, to, went to see her because the psychosexual counsellor said, yes, yes, I'll write a letter to your GP. So make an appointment. So I went to see her and I said, so I said to my GP, I said, have you got the letter from um, from the, from the, the counsellor? She went, ah, oh, yes, she said, and what I'm going to do now, I said, uh, I'm going to now refer you to see the psychiatrist. No, my word. I said, ah, 
I said, things have changed now because it yeah. was September. The new, and the Cardiff clinic was just about to open. The new pathway had come into force, which allowed direct referral so by the GP um, okay. to the GIC in Cardiff. So is, is that the only one in Wales? That's the only one in Wales. Okay. So I handed her loads of paperwork. Yeah, which I which I got off a, a lovely lady in North Wales called Jenny Ann Bishop, who a lot a lot of people know. Yeah, she, I've heard the name. She was, yeah. she was really really helpful. I said, okay. She said, I'll I'll you know we'll uh, okay or all right. She said, okay, we'll we'll we look into that. And I then couldn't get to see her for about a good long time. I I made I left it a few weeks and sort of made an tried to make an appointment for sort of mid-October and the earliest they would offer me was sort of mid-November wow. oh they're very busy so anyway I took it with mid-November and I went in to see her and she said just to let you know that you've been referred I've referred you to Cardiff and everything like that I thought fantastic you know brilliant and you know I and she actually said something which was really, really quite, quite, which I, I thought that was really, really good because as I was leaving, as I was leaving the sort of the consultation room, I, I said to her, I said, well, you know, thank you very much, doctor. I said, you know, you're a real lifesaver. And she turned around and she went, no, she said, you saved your own life. And I thought that was really quite, stunningly I, I was really sort of moved by that because i thought to myself she gets it well it's true in a way because you, you know you'd finally managed to get yourself to the gp to start the process i mean yeah yeah but 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 you know what i mean i thought she gets it she understands yeah you, you know so so basically i'm on you know i'm on the list for cardiff um there was a little bit of a hiatus when i didn't hear from cardiff and I phoned them just before Christmas to be told that, oh, we've never heard of you. Yeah, I think everybody goes through that. Oh, yeah, we never got the uh, referral. And eventually uh, it gets through and it kind of gets sorted. Uh, but it all did get sorted in the end. Um, and actually through and then through the auspices of the charity Umbrella, which is Umbrella Cymru, which works with the Welsh Gender Service. They don't call yeah. it a GIC, they call it the Welsh Gender Service, the right. WGS. Yeah. Uh, they, they work in tandem with them. They offer peer-peer you know, support and everything like that. And I, I, I spoke to the um, Umbrella on the advice of Jenny Ann Bishop. And Umbrella spoke to the WGS and based on evidence that I got from the Secretary of the Practice, um, I got my referral date changed to the date I was referred down the old pathway. Okay, so that's a bonus. So, I, I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I mean, it, it, it turned into the 9th of July instead of being the, the 15th of November. Yeah. But as we all know, I'm in the waiting times, it can, it, can, it can make a big difference. So have you ever actually got into the service for your no. first appointment? No. Yet? No, nope. still waiting. Uh, I got a letter in January, uh, sort of saying, and this was referring the November date, which said, which basically said, yes, we, you, we've got your referral. Thank you very much. Uh, 
basically, as far as we see it, you've been on the waiting list one and a half months. But just to sort of manage your expectations, we are now referring patients in January 2020 who were referred to us in November 2017. Yeah, so see you in a couple of years, kind of thing. So see you in a couple of years, sort of yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah. But it's in the meantime, common. in the meantime, I'd gone down the gender GP. So you, you were in, in parallel with this, you were pursuing the, uh, the uh, private gender clinic route as well with gender GP. Uh, with, with gender GP, yeah, but through, 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 a, one of the, through, through them. And I was still having regular counselling through them. I mean, so, I mean, just, just for anybody who's listening who doesn't really understand how it works, I mean, if you, if you were to stay with the NHS system in Wales, you know, you wouldn't actually get in to see them for maybe, I don't know, two years. For your first appointment and then another six months or so or more for your second appointment yep. and then yep. at that point you if everything went okay you would then be um, approved for HRT um, treatment and then that would be referred back to your GP to prescribe those those drugs to you yes whereas if you do all this privately through somewhere like gender gender GP clinic mm-hmm. you can do that whole process in three months exactly exactly um, so, you know, I, I sort of approached Gender GP about uh, starting on hormones towards the end of August, uh, and I actually started on hormones on the 1st of November. Right, right. But just to make matters even more interesting, as I was telling you about my, uh, my line manager at work, when she started her transition, uh, she went privately through gender care. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, she went through gender care. And, um, and so at her, on her advice, I'd contacted them first. And I'd got a flurry of emails and they'd asked for some information and everything like that. So I'd given them all that. And he got an email back that basically said, uh, the one I'd contacted is, um, is, is Dr. Lorimer, who... Yeah. Um, who actually, who my boss had seen, mm. and who actually now believe, who actually now is actually working in the Welsh Gender Service instead of Charing Cross. Oh, really? I know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so I contacted him. There was emails back and forth, you know, give us some more information, did all that, got an email back that said, okay, thank you for that. Um, basically, if you don't hear from me within three weeks, it's because I believe I can't help you and I wish you luck. With, with you know, and, and I because I don't like to take people's money under false pretenses, bloody bloody blah, which is perfectly fine. I can understand that, you know, you know, you know, that's that's damn good of him to sort of say that you know, I, I, will, I will help you if I think I can help you, but I won't waste your time on you coming to see me and me telling you I can't help you, which I think is very, very fair, very, very reasonable. But to cut a long story short, three weeks came and went and I heard nothing, so that's the time that I accelerated things with gender GP. Yeah, because so that I'd was been basically seeing... gender care saying to you that they couldn't take you on. Well, that's right. So, so I accelerated things with gender GP because I've been having counselling, but I hadn't fully signed up to the service. Right. So I accelerated things with gender GP. Uh, as I say, started HRT with them in the November, but running in parallel with everything that is going on in my life at the minute with you know having you know with the transition getting hormones through gender gp sort of having consideration for my wife my mother who was 
you know, who, who was um, in her late eighties, she became ill. And to cut a very long story short, I actually, I went ostensibly to see her for a weekend at the beginning of October and I didn't get home till the end of October. Um, and then unfortunately she passed away. She passed away in the November. So I had all that to deal with as well. Yeah. You know, there was a lot on my plate. And, but, you know, I got good support. My wife, Helen, was brilliant and supportive. My son was absolutely brilliant and supportive as well. And actually he came up for, a, he came up to, up to St. Helens for a week or so to allow me at least to go back to work for a week so I could have a bit of normality. Right. Um, so having all that to deal with and obviously starting hormones knows what else anyway quite a time quite a time but then out of the blue on Sunday the 8th of December and I remember this the only reason I remember this you'll find out in a minute is that my phone went ping and there was an email from Gendercare oh saying, we are really, really, really sorry. We are really sorry, but somehow or other, we've missed your email and we want to know, would you still like an appointment? Because we can offer you an appointment. Oh, wow. So that was... So I went... Out of the blue, uh, literally. Out of the blue, literally. And I replied straight back and I went, yes, please. I do. Yes, please. And I got a reply back virtually instantaneously that said, okay, then how's about next Saturday? Uh, and I had to go back and say, oh, unfortunately, I can't do that. Because the reason I know the dates, it being the 8th, was actually Monday the 9th was the day of my mother's funeral. Oh, wow. So yeah. I, had to sort of, I had to sort of explain, look, I can't, I'm not going to be in any no. position. I'm not going to be, you know, mentally ready for it, if anything, off the tail of a funeral etc etc and I got the reply back saying no 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 understand that perfectly when you're ready get back in touch and we'll get something sorted so I did I left it till the sort of the middle of January and I got an appointment to see Dr Lorimer and I can remember the date of this because 2020 being a leap year I had my appointment with him on Saturday the 29th of February and two, two months later two months later yeah you know I, so you, you know, were, say, you were kind of working with two private clinics i was i was i was working with two um i wanted gender care particularly a because because you get the 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 the, the, the they're kind of more connected with the nhs armor they're more connected with the nhs i, mean, and I know get, gender gps not even operating from the uk directly no. anymore are they? they're outside of the uk and you get the that that's correct, you know, uh, and and you get the the sort of the proper uh, proper is the wrong word, but you get a formal sort of NHS recognised diagnosis. Yeah, I think that's because a lot of the specialists within that private clinic also are also NHS employees. So, correct, you know, Co absolutely kind of, correct. Yeah. So, and I. And I you know, and I particularly wanted that because even though my GP, I mean, it, it, it amazed me because I started HRT with them, um, as I say, with gender GP. And, you know, I would say to anybody who's listening to this, you know, you know, don't, 
you know, in my experience, they were absolutely brilliant. I have n I had no issues with them. You know, it, it was my own, you know, yeah. these are my own choices, you know. I mean, I mean, gender GP are great. I mean, they, they will take you through their process and it is, yeah. you know, it is quick. It, you will. It you is will quick. And, I, you know, you can't fault them. Quickly. You, you, you can't fault them and everything like that. Um, and I, and even though, I mean, I never actually mentioned really uh, about anything to do with shared care with gender GP to my GP. Yeah. Right, right. Because I was sort of, you know, I, I was I was sort of expecting, I, I was sort of expecting some sort of, when I went to, when I was going to go and see her, I mean, I got my first prescription through, um, through um, gender GP, yeah. you know, privately yeah um right um i was i had an appointment to see her in the the january and that's at the point i was going to go and talk to her about it and i was perhaps expecting a bit of a battle maybe you know even yeah. you know and i'd have been quite happy to have and i'd have been quite happy to um if she'd have done the blood tests and I still had to go private for the, for the prescriptions. Well, most GPs, well, you know, they won't, they won't do those um, shared care agreements. They might do bloods, but they won't, they won't prescribe. That, 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 that's right. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, as I'd started on, started on the hormones, uh, I got a phone call and I looked at the phone and it was the, it was my GP surgery. Ah, hello. Yes. Um, this is the, the pharmacist. Um, oh. Just checking. Uh, this this is because we we, we we got this through um so it's estradiol gel and finasteride right yeah oh so, yeah well, it's no problem so she, I'll put them on. i mean so she agreed to do the the catch i think i've never even asked her she just did it she just said i think what happens is i think gender gp writes to your gp mm. and they kind of do it behind the scenes and yeah, I, know but, I, I went through that but my gp wasn't supportive at the time so she she she, she just did it she just did it yeah. Oh, that's but, great. So you got, you know, so then you got your prescriptions from your GP via the NHS. Via the NHS, so, absolutely. So and at that point, did you kind of terminate things with gender GP or? No, I, I, I didn't Just because yeah. I didn't because at, because at the time, you know, they were, they were still going to do the blood monitoring. Right. Yeah, they were still going to do the blood monitoring. So, uh, you know, that, that, so I, I didn't. But of course, the other advantage, of course, uh, within Wales is because it's Wales, all the prescriptions are free. Oh, they're completely free. No, no prescription no, charges at all. Yeah. No prescription sure. charges. They're completely well, free. Sure one so, so anyway, so we carried on down, down that line. I had the, I, I had my appointment with Dr. Lorimer, who, you know, said yes. Yeah, you know, I, I had the appointment, and at the end, he said yes, yes, yes. My diagnosis. Several yes. hundred pounds later. Several hundred pounds later, yes. But you know, he gave me the diagnosis. Yeah, you'll get my report in, in due course. Uh, so I, I got that, and then I made an appointment to see one of the gender care endocrinologists, which was uh, Dr. Seal, mm -hmm. uh, because basically, I because I, by this time I'd had some blood test results. Yeah. And I gave them to Dr. Lorimer and he'd pass them on to Dr. Seal. Um, I made an appointment with him and I knew the waiting times were long. And again, uh, this is where I've been very lucky. I, I, again, it's one of those strange times. I got an email. Um, I contacted them, not heard anything. And I got an email uh, at half past 11 one Monday evening to sort of say, 
Dr. Seals had a cancellation and we can do you a Zoom appointment next Saturday. Do you want it? To which I said, yes, yeah. please. <laughs> yes, please. So I, I had the appointment with uh, Dr. Seal. So at uh, that time, was that, was that just really to get them doing your prescriptions for you? Uh, well, basically, it's them it's to... Uh, of, it's duplication of what you've already got, isn't it? It's, it's du duplication of what I have all, all, all already got. But in a, in a way, Vicky, it is, a lot of it is to do with me. And right. uh, the only way I can describe it is that, you know, this is what I'm trying to say to people who may be listen listening to this is, you know, don't, you know, you know, gender GP, I, I can't fault gender GP. They were absolutely brilliant no complaints whatsoever but in my own mind i always felt as though i was on slightly unsolid ground yeah i know what you mean yeah and therefore whilst i'd been given this opportunity out of the blue i thought it would be foolish yeah. not to take it yeah yeah yeah, you know, it'd be absolutely foolish not to take it. So I had the appointment with Doctor Seal, and basically he is now he is now sort of looking after my HRT regime. And again, spoke to my GP, and basically her words are, "I will support you, as you know, I will support you all the way with this, and I will do whatever I can to support you." So now you have a shared agreement with your GP and Doctor again Seal, I guess, or it's just kind of happened in the background. It's just happened in the background yeah. because, you know, you see a lot about these people mentioning shared code agreements and things being signed. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. I guess your GP is just one of those GPs that just kind of gets on with it and doesn't put up blockers. That, that's right. That's right. You know, and, and she said, you know, I will support you all the way. I will, I will do whatever I can to support you. And so, you know, that that's fine, but also, then the way that the WGS works is that if for some reason, say my GP was to move to a different practice, uh, I got a less supportive GP who wouldn't work with gender care. Yeah. Because I have the gender care diagnosis, uh, actually the Welsh Gender Service will look after my HRT regime. Okay. So, I mean, you, you, you kind of covered... A few ways there, aren't you? You, you cover uh, by gender care. You've also got gender GP in your back pocket if you need it. Yeah. And, you, you know, if your GP decides to retire or move somewhere, you've still got that coverage with the with the Welsh system. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. So but around. then moving on, of course, with the waiting times, as they are, and... And I'm, you know, as I say, I'm now, I'm sort of, you know, You're not getting any younger, than, let, not getting any younger. I'm less than, I'm no spring chicken anymore. And I'm less than four months away from being 58. Um, the other thing, the other thing is, is regarding that I would be, again, realistically, I was, I've been knocking on the door of my mid sixties before I got surgery. Yeah. I mean, even, even once you've been through all the, the, the GIC, let's call it system i mean you know the final stage is getting surgery mm -hmm. and basically you then back to square one with cues because you, yes. you've got to wait for the you know the referrals for surgery two of them and then you've got yep. to wait for the surgery itself which is several years so yeah i mean five years is probably from where you are today is probably not unrealistic not not unrealistic and i i decided that in reality i couldn't wait that long 
Right. And therefore, fortunately, you know, I, I've retired, but I've retired due to redundancy. Okay. So, for I so basically, I decided that I was going to invest. I'm going to invest some of my redundancy money in going down the private route. Yeah. Makes sense. So not cheap. So but... it, not cheap. Not cheap. But again, you have to look at it in many respects. For the first start, it's what price is happiness. I mean, I think I'm I'm kind of looking into those avenues at the moment, but you know, it would mean accessing some pension funds, and I'm, I'm not quite mm. sure I want to yet. No. But I mean, when I look at the amount of time I will have to wait, you know, I mean, I'm I'm 56 this year, so for me, if I if I continue in the NHS system, I'm going to be yeah, I'll be in my 60s too by the time anything happens yeah. surgically. Yeah. So I mean, it, I'm considering, you know, doing that privately as well. But it means finding that money somehow. Well, uh, well, I just, you know, I, I, um, I decided, I decided to, to to bite the bullet, so to speak, yeah. because I thought I'm not getting any younger. I, I can't wait. And so I went back to Dr. Lorimer, approached Dr. Lorimer, uh, and explained the situation, and he said. So that's fine. That's fine. So I had an appointment with him back in November, which gives me my first sign off, provisional sign off. He can't give it to me formally yet because I haven't completed my 12 months as required by WPATH. Yeah. Okay. But he's he's given me a provisional sign off, you know, on successful completion of my 12 months. You mean 12 months on HRT? Well, 12, well, twelve months in HRT is done. It's your what they call your twelve-month social transition, real life experience. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I haven't quite got that yet because that's another part of the story. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it's taken a long time. This. No, it's fine. It's You're fine. gonna have a lot of editing to do. I don't edit. I don't edit the content. I only edit the beginning and the end. <laughs> right. So. Um, so, so I mean, anyway, so you so you're now kind of going through that process of getting your so second I've, approval. So, yes. Um, so basically, uh, I I spoke to him. That was all fine. Um, you know, he was he was you know he, I, he asked he asked has to ask the obvious questions. You know, do really like and everything microphone noise. You know, you do realize it's irreversible, everything like that. My, yep. um, I've got a, an appointment for my second signature in March, which is on the anniversary of me completing my 12 months yep. with uh, Dr. Dundas of Gendercare. And in the meantime, I've been, I've had an appointment, an initial appointment with uh, Mr. Bellringer, uh, the surgeon. And he's and I've got a date of the twenty third of September for my surgery. Oh, cool! Very exciting. Very exciting, exciting and scary as well. It is scary as well. Scary and exciting mixed together. Scary and exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, did the the surgeon that Gendercare uses is that are they part of the same company or is this they 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 do the referrals for a separate? surgeon at a, at a private hospital is that how it works 
Ah, oh, well, you 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 can you, you know basically you you can ask for your sign off. I mean, it, it, there's no there's no connection as such. There's no sort of what what you could call commercial. So you connection. could go to any any suitable yes, private hospital yes. surgeon you to, to get the treatment. Absolutely, but of course it's a very small world. So I dare yeah. say they all know each other. Yes, I'm sure they do. <laughs> you know, it's a small world. There's so not that many so I mean, basically, I mean, basically, if you're looking for you know if you're looking for surgery in the UK, you basically have. You, well, you've got three choices. You've got. Um, so you've got Hatfield. You've got Hatfield, which is the, uh, which is is it Christopher Ingle, Christopher Inglefield? I, I believe so. And you've got yeah. Brighton. You've got Brighton, which is uh, uh, Mr. Thomas and his team, and then you've got Parkside, which is uh, Mr. Bellringer that, and Mr. Sheed. That, that's in London, is it? That's in London. That's in Wimbledon. Yeah. So those are the three main. Those are the three. Those are the three in the UK. But you know, you could get your, you could get your, um, you could get your sign-offs, and you could decide that you're going to go abroad. Yeah, and then you would present those sign-offs to the. Then you, then you would present those sign-offs over there, and yeah, yeah. So, so, so you know, so basically, it is very exciting. It is exciting, but it is scary because very expensive, uh, exciting. Yes, and that but, th th this you know we're we're just in almost in middle of January that between now and September is going to go so quick for you. It's gone. Waiting it, it, for it's, it's going to go flash it, it is. I mean, you know, I I, I could I, I I could have had it earlier if I wanted, but I, I decided on, on September. And the fact is that whilst it's okay for me to give up my summer because i'm hoping actually compared to last year because we, we whilst the weather was there we didn't nobody had much of what you could call a summer mm. so to speak yeah. so i'm hoping that we might have something more like a summer this year and uh, you know i decided that whilst it's all well and good for me to give up my summer yeah, it would be very unreasonable of me to expect Helen to give up her summer to look yeah, after me post-operatively. This is very true. Yes, so you can and have so, you can have the main summer together, and then you'll be together. recovering September, October, November timeframe. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, that that's that's why the the date, but it'll come it'll come fast enough. But it is oh, a very it's a very it's a very as you say you know um, it's yeah. exciting so but how is. would you feel about it are you are you anxious you, you have anxiety over what's going to happen well or? that's that's what i was just about to come on to you've read my mind because you know it's a very i mean you know it's you know it's something that i really 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 want and it's something that i really 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 need yes yeah. yeah yet at the same time it is scary because i mean it it's his major surgery it is major has a long recovery time has a long recovery time and and therefore you know it, it's it's that it's it's not so much shall we say the procedure itself it's everything that surrounds it yeah i mean well there's the preparation for surgery you have to you know be fit yeah to, to have that, the surgery in the first place that that's right there's a preparation for surgery uh it's just the fact you know it, 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 how can i how can i put it the last time you know the last time i had a general anesthetic was a curious one because i they couldn't give it to me quick enough because i was writhing around in pain with appendicitis and you know it's it's that yeah. sort of you know it, it's that Funnily sort enough, of thing that's, that's the last time i had surgery <laughs> yeah so, so you know so you know so you know what it's like 
you know and and it, and it's not it's 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 not a thing you know it's that sort of it's everything that goes it you know it's the fact is that you're going to be wheel there it's there you're going to have do you know what i mean it is yeah no, it's, i fully understand it, the it is but but it's a means and to an end and therefore definitely you know well yeah you know information is knowledge isn't it knowledge is our... absolutely you know but it's it, you know as i say it's not the actual procedure it's it, it's everything that goes around to it because and even if to... it's sorry go on it's gone even if it's something like in this case that you really 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 want and you really really need it's still it's still scary yeah of course of course you and know, you, it, you know, it, you you still got to go through probably the, the options of which surgery specifically you're yeah. going to have, and you know any any complications that may arise afterwards, etc. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot to think about and consider. Yeah. The, 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 there is. There is. And so, but you know, it, it's it's but, it's. Oh yeah. It's, the end result. It's, it's, is the it's a result. It's a result, and I'm you know I'm really I'm really really happy about the result. Um, Helen has been absolutely fantastic over it. Yeah, and I you're was, still happily married and everything. Yes, yes, which fine. you know, which 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 goes back. I mean, if we rewind, um, if we rewind a bit, you know, basically, all through, sort of from me coming out to her in July 2019 all through autumn and sort of into the early winter and to the winter of 2019 you know it started HRT um we discussed you know we just started HRT um and we'd sort of discussed things a little about what was going to happen in the future but not much so we decide what well, what we decided to do and this is between helen my son tom and myself is that just after new year we had a, a sort of a family conference all four of us yeah. that's helen tom the cat and me because the cat's always involved, you know. So the cat uh, might be she, adjudicator. Even though she doesn't say anything, you know. <laughs> um, the cat's involved. And so, and so to decide what was going to happen and the, 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 ne the, next, the next actions. Because I'd set, uh, an, I'd set a sort of in my mind, I'd set a, a target for me to come out uh, of the very end of March, which uh, to, to actually sort of come out publicly and, and everything and yeah. go start full time uh, on the 28th of March. So we of sort COVID. of, well, yes, but at the time we were totally unaware of this. And so we had a discussion and Tom said, well, with all that's happened with grandma passing away, everything's got a bit, got a bit, you know, everything's mm -hmm. been pushed about a bit. It's all a bit, you're perhaps doing it you know you're perhaps perhaps rushing it and i thought yeah very wise words so we changed the the date and the actual day i was going to go full time was actually going to be the 2nd of may and that then coincided with me speaking to work and we were going to come out i was going to come out at work on the monday the 4th of may yeah um so we, we, we discussed that. And of course, the one thing that you can't do, because I was still presenting, apart from when I was away at home, 
And as far as everybody, friends, family, and everybody knew, I was still presenting as male. Yes? Yeah. And the one thing that you couldn't really do, you know, I couldn't have got, you can't really go upstairs on, on the first, on the evening of the 1st of May as him, and then just come down as Seren on the 2nd from... Yeah, and you, you'd be doing that at home and at work at the same time. I mean, that makes yeah. it twice as hard. So, so what we decided to do in the domestic scenario was that we would have what we called Seren Sundays. Right, so you did it gradually. Did it gradually. The first time, it was dreadful because Helen was really, really, really upset. Uh, she but she had she not seen you before at all? Nope, she'd never, never seen me before. Never. She couldn't even look at me. And my son had come up from Bristol as well for it. And basically he gave her he gave her some tough love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I did this, I, I kind of broke people in by showing them photographs first. Mm -hmm. Try and soften yeah. the shock, if you like. Yeah, you know, she gave it gave it gave it gave it gave her some tough love. So but we did it in gradual stages. And as we went on, you know, like that, that one was a sun, was like, a, as I say, a, just a Sunday afternoon. It was only a couple of hours I got changed. Did it a fortnight later, spent a bit longer. The next time did it on a Sunday morning. The time after that did it on a Sunday morning and got through Sunday lunch. Mm -hmm. And also at that time we were, you know, we were working out how we, we were going to tell people. Yeah. yeah. At large, you know, so, you know, I mean, basically at that time I didn't have any family my parents had both passed away by then I got a cousin up north and that was about it so we were discussing how we we're going to do this and one of the things that my counsellor had said because I was still getting regular counselling was that one of the secrets is, is that you can't suddenly just announce it and do it she said it's very wise to sort of give announce in advance and give people time to get used to the idea yeah so you kind of come out and tell people that you're transgender and then, you know, I'm going to go full-time at this point in the future. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I did it. Yeah. So we decided that we were going to do this. Uh, again, this is sort of before things were really sort of kicking off with COVID. We decided that we were going to do it on the 20th of March. And so how we decided we were going to do it is that there were certain people that we wanted to see in person. Uh, I had my friends up north and bits of family up north. And there's Helen's friends in Shropshire, Helen's family in Shropshire and further afield. And so what I did basically is that I wrote a letter. Yes, a, a mm -hmm. letter that we could adapt to suit the individuals but yeah. I basically wrote a letter because I thought one of the good things about um, writing a letter is that it allows as you can probably tell from this uh, from this conversation that I'm a bit garrulous and I do tend to get sidetracked <laughs> um, is that it would allow me to actually say things how I wanted them to be said yeah and and how you know and to actually express things properly rather than having to speak to somebody who then is probably trying to ask you questions at the same time that you're trying to explain it. And so I wrote 
the letters. They were basically all the same, but with slight tweaks. Yeah. And there were people that we wanted to see private, to see face to face. But even the people we wanted to see face to face, the first part of that was actually being given the letter to read. Right. And 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 how we did it. And of course, my counsellor also said one of the secrets as well is to try and tell as many people as you possibly can at the same time, so it doesn't become so it a sort cut, of cuts down on the gossiping and the um, yes, I know something so, you don't kind of thing. So what so what we did is that so this was the this was a Friday. So we did all the letters. I did the letters for the people we were going to see individually that day. Um, we were also due to go to the my local pub that evening, and I wrote some more generic letters for the people in there that they could read as well without me having to sort of go around and explain to everybody. Yeah. Uh, we then sent a, a good a, a bunch of letters off to my friends and my cousin and my mum's friends in in the north of England, sent letters to Helen's family. So it all went out all at the same time. And I also wrote a load of letters the, for, from, for the neighbours. So on the, on the day, on the, on the 20th, we'd arranged to see various people. And the first person we went to see is a, a, friend, a friend of my, of Helen's, a lady called Pat, who's in the mid 80s who I was a bit worried about, you know, somebody in the mid-80s. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I was worried about telling some of my older relatives as well. But they actually turned out to be some of the most easy people to tell. Well, Pat, Pat, Pat was absolutely brilliant because yeah. she, we handed her the letter, went round to her house, handed her the letter, and she opened it, and she sort of read about the first paragraph and she turned to Helen and said, you can have that back. And you think, oh. And she looked at me. She said, so do you think it's going to make any difference then? Doesn't make any difference as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And Same like, person. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was... Brilliant. Well, I, well, I kind of tell people it's the same person and it's the same bad jokes. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, just get yeah. used to it. <laughs> That's right. And then, and then uh, we went to see the landlady of our local pub, who is also um, Helen's employer, because Helen, there's a hotel upstairs and she, Helen does housekeeping okay. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, handed her the letter. And of course, when you're actually writing the letter, it seems very short. But when you're waiting for somebody to read it, it's oh, an yeah. awful long time, you know. Yeah. But to you, a long story kind of, short, you're waiting for the reaction, and yeah, it doesn't but, come. They just happen yeah. for you. Yeah. But to cut a long story short, absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Yeah. Then we went to see my friend, my sort of, if you like, uh, to, to, to use the sort of the male term, my best mate. Yes, yeah. if you see yeah. what I mean. And handed him the letter, and he read it, and he went, "Ha!" He said, "Ha." He said, I'd sussed it. <laughs> I'm like, what? Mm. Uh, how? 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 How, 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 would, how, how would you sussed it? How? He said, I just, I thought over it. I said, I knew, I knew there was something going on. He said, I knew there'd been something going on for months, but I didn't know what it was. He said, and I sussed it. I said, how are you sussed it? He said, because I eliminated what it couldn't be which was a sort of enigmatic reply. Anyway, he said, stand up the pair of you. So we both stood up, Helen and I, and he came, came over and gave us a big hug and said, 
I love you both. You know, absolutely yeah. brilliant. brilliant. But we did find out, again, this we're living in a small town, the bar manager of the pub, where Helen works at, the bar manager of the pub was, at the time, my son's girlfriend. And my son had confided in her about me. She knew. And my mate had been pumping her for information. Uh, a leak. But she hadn't said a word. Wow. That's, that's amazing. She hadn't said a word. You know, he, was, he said, I know, you know, he said, what's going on? I know there's something going on, you know, but she didn't say a word. So then with, with my friend Clive, we went to the pub and we handed out the letters. And of course, that Friday was the day that was the last night of the pubs before lockdown. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was sort of auspicious timing. Lockdown was like 23rd, wasn't it? 23rd of March-ish, something like Well, yes, in, 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 in effect. Yes, yes. That was the last night the pubs were open. And so, and, and we handed out the letters and basically... Well, Everything so was. Everybody fine. in the pub got a letter. I was. It was just. Well, we there was like three plan. letters that we that we circulated round. Okay. Okay. And so this must be a, like a pub where everybody knows each other. It's not. It is. Yeah. Yes, it's a pub where everybody knows each other. And of course, there were even more people in that we knew because everybody knew that it was going to be the last night of the pub <laughs> as well. Yeah. So basically and the whole so, town found out in, in the yeah, same well, night. Well, yeah. absolutely. And so and then in, went home in, to lockdown and had to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, and so in in flagrant breach of uh, of, of social distancing rules, both well, Helen and I were really at that time. Well, yeah. Helen and I were both absolutely hugged to death, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine. And that night, certainly for Helen, she told me afterwards because I had not been aware of this. That was the first good night's sleep she'd had for over three months. Well, so she kind of saw that as I guess she saw that as kind of like everybody's accepted us everybody's okay with it and she could then relax at that point yes she'd been really really concerned that that people would that that people that a that people you'd be sent to Coventry but you weren't yes that people would be sent to Coventry and b that people would laugh at her for never for not knowing yeah I mean it's it's difficult for the person who's going through transition to really kind of understand what the others around you are going to experience when you told them this news. I mean, it's, you know, I think, I think it affects kind of people in lots of different ways, but yeah, the, the kind of the fear of what's going to happen and what people yeah. will think and all that stuff kind of plays into it, doesn't it? And then, you know, and, and, and so she'd been really worried about, I hadn't known about this because she hadn't told me. And of course I was, I was away in the week as well. And so you know, I had no idea that she'd been having sleepless nights and everything like this. But she had, she told me she had the first good night's sleep that, um, that, 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 that she'd had, you know, she had for, for many months. Then the Saturday came and we're then sort of waiting for the more distant reactions from the people who we'd sent letters to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that happened is actually two of the neighbours called round because when we got back from the pub that night, I'd wrote all these letters for the neighbours and I went round the little estate I live on. I went round and doing a midnight mail drop to the neighbours because each of them got their own individual letter. Right. Popped it through. All the ones that we know, there's quite a few that, yeah, you yeah. know, that we don't know. It's like, to, you know, th th there's a sort of a, many of us who have been here a long time and yeah. we all know each yeah. other. Um, and, 
actually, uh, one of the neighbours that that so on the next day, the Saturday, two of the neighbours called round. One one who lives around the corner, and she reminded me of something. Actually, I don't know if you remember it, but there was a program on ITV a few years ago called Transformation Street about the London Transgender Clinic. I I did see that. I think yes. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the main people who appeared in this, who was sort of in the main focus of it, had actually been the chief fire officer in Aberystwyth and had actually lived on this estate. Oh. Even when I was living here and I didn't know. Well, yeah. yeah. What a small one. And, and yes. And so she, she, this lady came around and she was genuinely lovely. Another one, another guy came over that day and had a word. He was great. And then on the, and then then we started to get messages from our friends up north. And I think one, I think one I got from a text of probably my oldest friend up there I've known for forty odd years. He he's a man of few words, and it basically said, it was a text. It just said, "Hmm, we'll take a bit of getting used to. Been friends a long time. See you when you next come to visit." At least it wasn't negative. Well, it just says everything you needed to say, didn't it? Just said everything for a, for you needed to say. For a man of little say. words, yeah, he's, he's said it everything just says, It just says everything, you know, yeah. it just says absolutely everything. Yeah. And, and then we got contact from Helen's family and her dad. I mean, her dad, her dad, her dad is, at the time was 90, he's 91 now, her dad. And he sort of said, you know, and basically the message from them was uh, along the lines of, you know, as long as Helen is happy, then they're happy. Yeah. And, is, yeah. and you know, and, and, and that's, that's fine. That's fine. You know, he said, you know, he said, I can't, you know, he said, I don't understand it. I don't profess to understand it. He said, but that, that's but you don't, it. I mean, they don't need to understand that. They just need to. They don't need to understand it. Absolutely not. But learn over the next That's right. Months, you know? But then, bizarrely, he, uh, about, about a week or so later, he, he messaged Helen because he's quite, even though he's in his 90s, my father-in-law, he's quite tech savvy, yeah? Because uh, one of the things he does a lot of, lockdown's been really good for him because he used to go and play bridge. He's been playing bridge online morning, noon and night. Um, online skills. You know, yeah, he's, uh, he, he asked Helen, have you got any photos? Oh, so right. sent some photos. and His reply back was enigmatic. It sort of said, oh, not what I expected. <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> I well, I I think if of I think he, I think he was expecting the only way I could, the way I can describe it, Vicky. I think he was expecting the um, what could he call it? The pantomime Dane syndrome. Mm. So it was, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was more around his expectations and not actually. Yeah. So so basically, yeah. it's been. Absolutely fine. I mean, you've I had a, an amazing. It sounds like you had an amazing kind of reception from like oh, all yeah. the family in the end uh, and friends. Uh, and uh, absolutely. I mean, even a few weeks later during lockdown, you know, it being a small town and you sort of tend to know everybody in a way. Helen said uh, Helen was going off to the local butchers, who we know. You know, we know, we know, you know, we know, we know yeah. them all there. And um, Helen said, "Well." What what am I going to say if they say anything? Because surely they'll have heard by now. Because Aberystwyth has a very good grapevine. Yeah, I said, well, it's fine. 
She said, but what if they don't say anything? Do I say anything? What do I do? I said, tell you what, I'll write a letter. <laughs> yeah, back, back, back to the letter. So I did. I wrote them a letter. It's very similar. It was just a rehash of what I'd already written. So she turned up there. And, um, you know, the chit chat. Oh, how is he? Ah, she said, uh, well, um, coming well, on I to have, that. I have a letter for you. you I've go. got a letter for you here. And she gave him the letter and, and sort of hightailed it. Grab the weekly order and disappear quickly. While she was still in town, I put my phone number on the letter. My phone rang and it oh, was really? the butchers. All right. It was the butchers to sort of say, you know, oh, oh you know, oh, I've, you know, I've read the letter. Read the letter. Oh, yeah, blah, de, blah, de, blah, really pleased, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then right. it turned out. And then, and then it turned out that one of the guys in the butcher's shop, yeah, um, well, basically, he's got an F, his, um, his, uh, it's very, always very difficult to describe it, isn't it, really? It's always, you know, but basically, um, he's, he's got an F, a female to male son. Oh, there you go. Yep. And we didn't know. You know, no, and, we, I mean, you probably, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know unless, you know, they've actually told you, you're not going to you know, know. It's like, you know yeah. and, and so, yeah, I mean, even to the, another, you know, even to other people as a, a sort yeah. of another place I, I go, I frequent to see a friend of mine. Um, and that's got quite an older generation of clientele. And they're all brilliant as well. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I've, a, I've, I've had very, very little kind of negative reactions to it my coming out there was one friend in Canada who didn't take it very well and I've never really spoken to him since and there was another person who in the UK who wasn't too cool with it should we say but apart yeah. from those two um yeah I mean nothing nothing else negative happened I mean obviously there's a lot of negative stuff online but that's online mm. real world is different the real world is different and I, but, but, yet, I but think... yet some people do have you know some people do family, oh yeah you know and, you know, and it's 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 very sad, but hopefully, you know. I I I, I count my blessings. I count my blessings. I count yeah, my blessings. I, I mean, one of the amazing I mean, ones were. I, I, was... I do, you know, openly say that I, I do know that I'm very kind of, um, what's the word, privileged, mm. in the way my transition went, and a lot of people don't get that. No, absolutely. One of the amazing ones, really, was my mum's friend, the one I talked about earlier, who used to yeah. look after me. Yeah. Now, you know, she's quite a, quite a staunch Catholic. So, you know, alarm bells were ringing there. Yeah, it doesn't mix with religion very good. No. And she called. She, I sent her a letter. She called. And, and she was absolutely fantastic. And she said, mm, she said, I, I looked at it this way. She said, what, what would I have done if it had been my child? And I thought about it, she said. And I, and I came to the conclusion that they're still your children and you love them. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean as I, I said before, you know, it's, it's the same person. They just look a bit different. That's yeah, the and, you know, and it was absolutely... Brilliant. And my mum used to live in sheltered accommodation and her big friend in there was, was really good about it. Uh, but it's quite interesting because my mum's friend, who is the sort of staunch Catholic, mm. 
believed that my mum would have accepted it, whereas her friend in the sheltered accommodation believes that she wouldn't. Well, and, you know, and I, you know, anyway, I have to, I think I have to agree with my mum's friend in the sheltered accommodation because I don't, I, you know, it sounds wrong to say it, Vicky, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm glad that she never had to know because I think well, it I mean, would have caused a lot of pain. She, I mean, even if she had known, I'm, I'm sure if it, if it had been, you know, something negative for her over time, it would probably that would probably change you know i think a lot of the time you're dealing with the other person's reaction and it's, yeah. they need you know you've known for years and it's just mm. sudden something that they're suddenly now finding out about and they've not had that advantage of all the, all the years of knowledge no so no it, that's, have, you know they need time to kind of absorb that, it and, that's true. and deal with it so yeah i mean initial bad reaction may you know turn into a good reaction later that's that's true. That's absolutely true. But know. Uh, no, no. So you know, I count I count my blessings. And yeah. work yeah, have been absolutely work were absolutely fine about it. We're absolutely yeah. brilliant. Being, I think most um, places are these days. You work. know, um, it was because I came out in dribs and drabs at work in a strange way, even though I was not official until the fourth of May. Um, as I say, my friend Joanne knew, yeah. um, and then. Then in the autumn we were having a uh, we were having a meeting in um, in Scotland, and I'd been working in Sheffield, and so I picked her up, and she hadn't seen me uh, since the July, and she'd only ever seen me in male mode, and I picked her up in in full female mode, wow. and she was <clears throat> absolutely sort of gobsmacked. She was like, yeah. ah. Uh, oh, right. Uh, oh, oh, right. Right. Wow. Wow. Bloody hell. Wow. You know. Um, so, she, we, we off. Off we set off to. Um, off. Off we set up to. Off to, to Scotland, and um, she said, "What are you going to do when we get to the hotel?" I said, "Well, I've been thinking about that, Joe." I said, "What I'm going to do is actually, I'm not going to go in, and check in, and go up." and get dressed and meet the other members of the employee forum as him. I'm going to stay like this. Yeah. Good for you, she says. Yeah. Good for you. And that was an extremely strange experience. I'm sure. Because, because I, I went, because fortunately my friend Jo as well was also a trained beautician. So she promised to do my makeup for me that night. Right. So you looked your best. So I looked my best. So I went to see her in her hotel room. There was already one girl from the employee forum in there, Emily, who wasn't supposed to be there, but found out early. Mm. And apart from the initial shock, she was, you know, she was fine about it. Yeah. And then all three of us went down into the rest hotel restaurant. And then the rest of the people came in and became in dribs and drabs. And, and it was quite strange. They all knew who I was. And these, the, the rest of them were men, by the way. Not one of them said a single word. Not one it's single word was took said. Took it in the stride. Well, this is the weird thing, you know. Not, and in the end, we 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 had the meal, and it's getting towards the end of the evening. And I, and and Joe's been nudging me. What are you, you going to do? You know what you're going to do? <laughs> you know. 
because like the suspense was killing her as well. Yeah. So I said, right, well, I said, okay. So it was getting towards the end of the evening. I said, right. I said, I'm, I'll, I'll get the last round in. I'll go to the bar. What do people want? Blah, de, blah, de, blah. I went off, came back with the drinks. I said, right. I said, you've probably been wondering what I'm doing. And, and I explained the situation and it was like, you get all the usual stuff. Oh, how brave you are. All mm. that sort of, you know, all, all that, you know, and, but the, everybody was genuinely lovely. And in fact, actually one guy came and actually gave me a hug, which really, really surprised me because he would never have done that to me as a man yeah. in a million years. Yeah. You know, I did find out of Joe, Joanne afterwards, that actually when I'd gone to the bar, this particular guy had been giving me a hug, had leant over to her and said, well, what do I do? What do I say? How do I yeah, behave? They were probably all waiting for you to... Yeah, you know, so, so anyway, that, 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 that was that. So that was fine. So those, those people knew. And then we had another forum meeting in December. And again, I'd arranged that we'd meet Joe and we'd go out in Winchester. I'd go out in female mode again. And she, and, um, she was getting, and uh, she, she called me and said, oh, she said, um, one of the guys, because one of our big operational centres is up at Emily Moore near Huddersfield, but there's places all over here. He was having his team meeting down in Winchester. And he was having his sort of team Christmas do that evening as well. Cause it, and he they said, we've been invited to go along for drinks after, which he says, but we can swerve it if we want. I said, no, no. I said, we'll go. Oh, okay. She said, brilliant. I said, but you're getting a lift down. This is where it gets complicated. You're getting a lift down with Joanne, aren't you? Another Joe. And she went, she went, yes. I said, well, you better tell her, just give her, you know, give her the word for her. So, so that's all fine. I meet Joe, I, I meet, um, you know, we all get down to the hotel. I meet Joe, she sorts me all out. And she says, oh, I spoke to, told Joanne in the car. And I said, oh yeah, she, I, said, I said, what did she say? She said, well, you're not going to believe what she said. I said, what did she say? When I told her, she turned around to me and said, he's put you up to this, hasn't he? It's a wind up, it's a joke, isn't it? And Joe jo said, I said to her, do you think I would... Oh, right. Yeah. So anyway, so she, so anyway, so anyway, I, we, we met up with them later and it was absolutely, absolutely fine. Again, really nobody turned to her, mm -hmm. you know, but they'd all been sort of pre-warned, you know, I think by the, by the little league. And this other Joanne sort of, sort of took me to one side and was, if I, if I was to say the usual questions, you know what I mean. And, you know, yeah. you, you know, the usual yeah. stuff, how long, blah, 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 said. Yeah. And, and then she turned around to me. And even though she, even though she dead named me, right, which I don't mind, uh, you know, I don't mind in this, in this particular case, you know, she turned around to me and she said, well, I must admit, she said, you're far more attractive as a woman than you ever were as a man. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but... But then, of course, afterwards, the next morning, I'm having breakfast with Joe. She says, you do realise by tomorrow, she said, that is going to be all over Emily Moore, she said. She said, because there's one in that party who can't keep a secret. Yeah? Well, I mean, by that I, point, it, it doesn't really matter. And I thought, <laughs> well, no, no, no. And I said, yes, Joe. I said, that's exactly what's one of the reasons for doing it. I said, let's get it out there on the grapevine yeah. Yeah. so it doesn't yeah. become as much of a... And so I actually went up to, um, and I went up to Emily Moore 
uh, the place Emily Moore in the in the early January. Again, I was still presenting mail and everything, and went into the office. Uh, and there was one department there where I thought, if anything is going to be said, it's going to be here, which is uh, like a scheduling department, which is where the other Joanne, who said it must be joking, mm. is 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 the is the manager of. Not a word was said apart from the fact is about my weight loss, because I have lost a lot of weight since I've transitioned. I've lost over four stone, lost wow. a lot of weight. Um, and not a word was said. And I went to see the other Joe in her office and she went, well, they all knew. She said, they all knew. Strangely never said anything. In fact, actually, the first time I walked in there uh, after that Christmas thing, one of them rushed up to me and said, is it true? Is it true that he's going to be a woman? <laughs> <laughs> so I had all that and then but the day after this evening in December this is when I had a meeting with my line manager and the HR people including the diversity inclusion consultant about what we, how we were going to do it my line manager was very very keen on trying to keep it all a big secret until the official announcement mm. I was sort of I sort of disagreed with that and I actually said, well, I said, actually, it's a bit late. I said, because now there's probably at least 30 people who know. Yeah, everybody knows by now. I, I said, so why not just let the grapevine do yeah, its job? Let it go. Let yeah. it, and, then, and then when it is the official announcement, it's not so much news without yeah. wishing to sound big headed. No, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a good, yeah. A good so, idea, um, really. So, uh, so that's what we, what, what, what we decided to do. And then bizarrely, in the January, I was working at Winter Hill. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can still see uh, it. Still yeah, still see it. Yeah. I was working at Winter Hill. And, you know, I never said anything. Nobody said anything. It was all fine. And then after it was officially announced in the May, one of the guys who'd been working at Winter Hill that particular day got in contact with me and said, you do realise, you know, he said, when we were there in January, we all knew. <laughs> nobody said anything. And nobody said a word. Well, isn't isn't it strange? Well, yeah. Isn't it strange? But yeah. everybody has. I mean, been, it's respectful, really, really, because they, they probably didn't know what to say or to want to offend you or something. But it is. But the but the but it is surprising. The 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 avarice with grapevine is really strange. Now I do apologise because a lot of my stories involve pubs. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it has but, been focused quite a lot around the pub. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it's that sort. It's this sort of place, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's another one. In fact, I, I used to be big friends with the landlord. He sadly passed away some years ago. And um, I, I found, I, 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 I went, went in. Um, this was a few months ago when we could actually go. And. And actually, well, actually, to cut a long story short, I met two guys who I knew outside who didn't even recognize me. Yeah. And in fact, actually, one of them, one of them thought I'd been a, was a former barmaid. There, and one of them thought I was the, a former barmaid's sister. Yeah. Well, wow. when strange. I told them, they, and they, uh, it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, <laughs> except a, a slightly stronger language than that. So I went in. Yeah, and I got called over by two other people who I knew, and they knew, and they said, "Oh yeah, we've known." They said, "Well, how do you know?" Apparently, within a, within a few days of 
me sending these letters. Somebody, I have an idea who, but I wouldn't like to say for definite, yeah, sent out a sort of a viral WhatsApp with a picture of me. And the only picture that was available at the time, because I hadn't unlocked my Facebook account at all, was my pro was a profile picture that once I come out, I changed that weekend. Right. So they could see with that. that profile picture going, guess who? <laughs> that's not, I mean, yeah, that's not quite the way it should be done. Well, I, do you know, do you know what, Vicky? When, when they told me that at first, I was a bit, yeah, a bit I'd be a bit like that too. And then I thought, do you know what? Actually, no. I thought, he's done me a big favour because he's saved me an awful lot of explanation. Yeah, I mean, it could have been done better, but uh, yeah. It could I have been it, done better, admittedly, but I don't know. He's, he's done me, you know, he's done me a, he's yeah. done me a big favour, though. So, yeah. um, you know, and it really is quite an accepting place. It's a small place, and there's one thing I am very much aware of, but it doesn't bother me in the slightest, is the fact is here... I will, I will be sort of permanently towing around the baggage of my former self a little. Well, I mean, that's to be expected, really. I mean, that's to be expected. And it does, you know, change. doesn't bother me in the slightest. In fact, actually, you know, in the fact is that people, people do treat me so well. And knowing my full history is actually, for me, a much nicer form of acceptance. I mean, in a way, it's kind of it's good for the community too because you know people are you being seen as a a trans individual and you're just leading a normal everyday life, and people can see that and it, it kind of it helps acceptance for everybody. Oh yes, yes, I, 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 absolutely. It's yeah. quite quite interesting. Um, as a favour to somebody, I, I, uh, about a couple of months ago, as a favour, I went and put up um, a TV aerial for somebody. Yeah. Not a, thousand, not a thousand foot one out. Oh, no, no, no. Just on a bungalow. <laughs> just on a bungalow. Um, and, th th and then the next the next day, apparently, this person was sort of was sort of inundated with comments from the neighbours. Who was that lady up on the roof? She must be very brave. <laughs> you know, I think, well, there's, there's acceptance as well. Yeah, it know? is. It's, it, yeah, know? it is. It's all acceptance. I mean, it, and it's... I think it's good, you know, for the community to kind of have have these things happen because it, you know, it helps everybody. You know, people see oh, yeah. us leading normal lives, and that's what we are—normal people. So yeah, yeah, all more, uh, absolutely. More for it. Yeah, well, that's that's what we are. We are normal. We are normal yeah, people. Perfectly just normal. Leading people. leading our lives, and that, 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 that is it. That is it. Yeah. Absolutely, top and bottom. So top I mean, at, at some point after lockdown, I, I intend to come and. Uh, have a drink in this pub. Oh, you've, you've been more than welcome. It is. It is absolutely. No, give them something else to talk about. <laughs> ah, well, no, 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 because there's already a. Uh, there's already okay, another. So I'm yeah. just going to be old news by that point. You are going to be old news because there, there, there is. Um, there is another trans girl who 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 drinks in there. She's much older than I am, actually. Yeah, she's she's she's, she's in her seventies, right. uh, but she 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 you know she she she's in there. So it, it's it's yeah, it's just old hat. It, then. It's, just, yeah. it's just old hat, you know. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. old hat. But you know, it is the sort of place it is. Of course, it is quite accepting. I mean, um, I don't know if you've seen the program that was on BBC Three 
um, Lily, transgender story. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, well, that's that's here. That's in Aberystwyth. All right. Uh, yeah, I, in fact, actually, uh, I, I know Lily and her dad and okay. her mum. Right. Yeah. Small yeah. world. It is. It, it it is. It is actually. But uh, but no no no. It, it, here is is you know is it, the 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 with bubble is very very accepting. But I have to say, you know, I've even been to Belfast, which is quite conservative as a place. Yeah. yeah. And I've not had not had any problems. Not had any any problems. Not had any any yeah. problems. I mean, this is the way it should it's, be. It should be like that. Where, wherever we go, whatever we do, you know, we shouldn't be running into problems. No, no, it's an interesting thing, you know, because um, in the very, very sort of when I was sort of about to come out and was concerned, and one of the things I was concerned about was passing. When I was on the translator uh, uh, subreddit, you know, and I was explaining this, somebody said, oh, no, 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 no. In fact, actually, you will find, actually, if you're a bit older, actually, it's easier. I said, really? They went, yes, because people don't look so hard. At an old yeah, I mean person. less expectations from people, I guess. Yeah, 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 and 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 it's and it's it's very it's kind very very true. You know, you do you do you blend in, and I am I'm very fortunate. I mean, I, I you know I I did listen you know I've listened to some of the podcasts you know and you know I'm I'm very very fortunate in that you know I'm 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 not tall. I'm only five foot eight, so I'm not tall. I don't it stand makes it out. Easy. Yeah, makes it yeah. easy. Um, I don't, you know, um, and uh, you know, and, and in the other respect, you know, I'm in size eights footwear. Yeah. So, and and actually, you know, the estrogen has has sort oh, it of makes done, a huge difference. It makes a huge it, difference. It has. It has. And you know, I, I, you know, it's really, it's really sorted my face out. Shall I say? That's the best. That's the best way of describing it. And actually, I was I was talking with Helen about you know about um, you know facial feminization surgery. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably look probably a couple of decades younger, and you've lost the weight. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure you look absolutely yeah amazing yeah. compared to. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some before and after photos, and it, it well, is, especially when you got. We the don't full, need to. We don't need to go there. Especially when you got the full beard, you know. But um, but Helen, but Helen said, said, you know, we're talking about. It. She said, well, "What is it?" And I was explaining about it, you know. And she said, "She said, well, she said, hmm. she said, you don't need it." <laughs> I thought, right, I'll take that. You know, that's 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 yeah. good. You know, she, she she knows. And the other, the, but she does have one comment about me. Yeah. And I have to say, and I'm full of my own puff pride here, Vicky. So you have to forgive me. Go on, yeah. Go on I'll forgive you. Is the fact is that, um, you know, I think it's it's the first time I, I, I came downstairs into the kitchen here, you know, swanning around in a, in a pair of skinny jeans. Yeah. And she just looked at me and she had one word. She just looked at me and she went, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And then I hope, I hope you gave her a high five after that. <laughs> That's acceptance. That's acceptance. That is, that is indeed. <laughs> but no, no, no. So you know, I, I you know, it, it's. I mean, yeah. sometimes I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing story. I mean, we've, I'm sorry we've gone, it's taken so long. No, we've gone way over our one hour slot. We've, I think we've we have. You know, I, I as I say, I get, I do get easily fine. sidetracked. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. It's, 
I mean, yeah, amazing story. You know, but but you know, it's it, you know, I just hope you know that that in in some respects, if there are you know you know the, the, yeah, people the, listening to these people um, people listening out there who are older, yeah, and you know, just 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 know that you know that it that it can be done. I mean, this, that was the whole purpose for doing these podcasts. I, you know, I wanted to talk to kind of like a, a full range of age groups, trans and cis people, all different backgrounds, you know, just you know, it, to kind of make, you know, just to show that, you know, we're just normal people because we do get yes. a lot of um, aggravation, let's say, in the press and stuff. Well, uh, you know, aggravation in the press and goodness knows what else, Online, you know, but uh, we just, just are. But no, I, I, you know, I, I have to say, and 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 I think one of the one of the things that that's that sums it up actually is what my wife says really is that you are. She says to me, "You are a far, far nicer person to live with now." Yeah, yeah, because you you you're more yourself. You're relaxed. You, you you're not thinking about it all the time. You know, it's no, well, exactly right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not frustrated. I'm not, well, you know, anything yeah. like that. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I, I put it a different way. It, my, my own expression for it is, I put it a slightly different way, is that, you know, and, it, and it's just, it's basically this, is that I have to say that I never knew that such happiness was possible. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, and that's, that, 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 that's how I, that's how I look at it. Yeah, you know, I because mean, at last, at last, I am me found your and happy, I am free. You found your happy moment. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and if I carry on like this, I'm going to burst into tears. <laughs> we'll stop at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. And, no, you you're, you're welcome. I, I, you know, life, as I say, I'm sorry? I mean, talking about your whole life and all, all the, all the uh, stories you've mentioned today i mean well no you know as i say i've got you know if if it it helps people then it then it it does i mean i've already had feedback from some of the other podcasts all to the good you know so yeah yours will be the same it's gonna it's gonna be a long listen for somebody but it is well maybe i'll split it into two i don't know but yeah well you're all you're gonna have you're gonna gonna have your work cut out in the editing suite pause and come back later can't they so you know yes Absolutely. They don't, they don't but, have to no, but, no, but thank you for inviting me. I, I really, no, really do. I mean, you, you did mention right at the beginning when I said I was going to do these that you wanted mm. to come on, and it's taken me a while to kind of get it all organised. But yeah, I mean, thanks for coming on. Amazing. Thank no, you. you're more than welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. So I have one more question for you. This is the final question that I ask everybody. Yep. For your end of podcast jingle, would you like to have a goat, a cow? Or a trumpet thump thump. Oh well, uh, <laughs> actually, can we have the trumpet, please? You can. It's kind of like a da, 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 da kind of thing. It's. Shall I, shall I tell you for why? Go on. Because I play the trumpet. All oh, right, there you go. <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> you shall have a trumpet, madam. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so I, sh- I shall sign off there. Okay, uh, thank you, Vicky. Talk to you soon. Okay, speak soon. Bye. Bye.